What's up, guys? Doublelift and Reggie breaking out the boxing gloves. We got some drama to go over. Free agency started today as we are recording this, probably like, I don't know, six hours ago or something like that. Lots of stuff to go over for North America. Obviously, we'll cover the quick stuff with Europe and, I guess, LCK and LPL as well. There is a lot to talk about. Also, Act 2 of Arcane came out this weekend. JNT and I like that very much. We're going to go over that as well. This is episode 66 of the Clown Fiesta podcast with Blue Jay and JNT250. So, JNT, let's start with the drama. Uh, I don't think we're uh, doing this to pick sides or anything like that, but it is interesting when you have a CEO and one of the biggest star players from a region all of a sudden going at it in the middle of the offseason. So it's just weird, isn't it? Yeah, I liked your little breaking out the boxing gloves line there. Yeah. That, that, was, that was a good line. Thank you. Yeah, but I don't know. It feels like when he kind of said picking sides, it feels like the majority of people are on Doublelift's side here. Um, for the people it who does. for the people who don't really know what we're talking about, um, towards the beginning of last week, basically Doublelift and Reggie were going back and forth on social media um, with regards to Doublelift's 2021 off season, where he where Doublelift basically claimed that he was kind of forced into retirement because TSM didn't want to play with him after some some issues with the 2021 roster. And, you know, we've just heard from many, many people across, you know, current esports teams, previous esports teams, you know, chiming in on the matter, previous TSM players and staff, and it's not really looking too good for Reggie. No, it definitely doesn't. And the thing is, so I'll get to why I'm not on, I'm picking, not picking any sides yet. We'll get to that, I promise. Um, but to start off, like, there's a bunch of resurfacing videos from a long time ago that are coming out, uh, out uh, with Reggie looking like a complete dick. And let's be honest, he is a complete dick from those videos, but to be fair, that is a long time ago where uh, that, that that doesn't make it any better. But that that does mean what I guess what I'm saying is the worry for me is, is that stuff still happening? That's my problem with it, because not that that excuses it if it happened back then, but people do change and you can come out um, as a different person now than you were eight years ago when obviously like you have to remember that when joining like League, the League of Legends LCS community, if you will, like there was no proper way of doing things. It's all just a bunch of stupid, immature kids. And while I absolutely hate what I had to watch, those videos are hella. They're hard to watch, man. Aren't they? Like, oh, I yeah. hate having the, to watch the, the diarist video, especially. It was just like, oh my god, I hate that kind of toxicity. I really do. I also can acknowledge that people can change, and so that's why. Um, that's one of the reasons why I'm not taking any sides. Um, but yeah, then you had a, like you were saying, there was a bunch of people that came to Reggie's defense and Doublelift was basically saying, I, I have Doublelift's quote here. Uh, Doublelift said, reading people's anecdotes that Andy was nice to them and thus downplay the fact that he harassed and abused people at TSM as their boss is just so disgusting. No wonder people don't feel good about speaking up about their abusers. I actually 100% agree with Doublelift there that like, just because he wasn't an asshole to you doesn't mean that what he did was okay. So I actually completely agree with what Doublelift is saying there. And then Woodbuck, Woodbuck, one of the old coaches of TSM coming out and saying, just catching up on all the Doublelift drama, Peter probably has the lowest opinion of me, but I will say that six years later, I still get irrationally upset about my time on TSM due to working with Andy. That was the most, most toxic environment I have ever been a part of. So basically the reason why I bring that up is because it's not just Doublelift saying this, um, it, which makes it look all the much more worse. Yeah, shout out to anybody who remembers that name, because 
Like that was quite a long time ago for a very minimal amount of time. And when I first read that on Twitter, I was like, wow, if this guy is piping up about the problems in TSM's culture or organizational structure, like there's a problem. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I'll get to why I don't have a side on this yet. And I, I don't even necessarily want to pick a side. Um, my, my initial thoughts are investigate this. There's been talk about whether the league should or shouldn't investigate this. I don't see what world you don't investigate this because you have two people and regardless of how long ago it was, you have two people saying that there's some abuse coming from one of the owners of these teams towards the players. They're saying that players are crying. Uh, like, like what if this is still happening now? That doesn't mean it is happening right now, but what if that's why I think you need to investigate and then you, you need to figure out if it's still happening, something needs to be done. If it's no longer happening, then I think we can move on. Um, but the other thing that you need to figure out is what actually did happen specifically, because depending on how bad some of these things are, it will dictate whether action should be taken or whatnot. And I just think that it's incredibly irresponsible if the league doesn't look into this. I, I think that it would, it would break my heart to find out that someone like Spica, who everyone loves and is a star player, could potentially be being abused by his boss or CEO or whatever. Like, that would just absolutely break my heart. And so... Yeah, my, my quick take on it is investigate, figure out what happened, if it's still happening, and then go from there. That is my take on it. Yeah, I mean, the main thing that I've always thought, but kind of like my 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 opinions were sort of reaffirmed by a couple of former TSM players coming out and talking about this, is how, like, when things are going poorly in TSM, Reggie always gets involved some way, somehow. And if people remember, like, way back in the day with, like, TSM Legends, like, I mean, I'm talking way back in the day, like, Season 4, Season 5, Season 6, like, it was a pretty, like, consistent thing where if the TSM roster was underperforming, Reggie would basically turn into the head coach of the team. And, you know, they would often quite talk about how, like, he was a very, like, aggressive, like, guy in terms of, like, wanting the best for his team and, you know, sometimes, therefore, like, maybe getting a bit loud, getting a bit boisterous. I, I don't think at the time people were talking about abuse or whatever. But it was definitely something that has been happening in TSM for quite a long time. And, you know, obviously that that's also evident in a few of these videos that have come out in the past. But in my opinion, like there's definitely something wrong with, with the way that TSM kind of runs their team. If the owner of the team is basically allowed to sort of assume some sort of control within the uh, mm -hmm. the the organizational structure of the team. Because the main like uh, video that I saw that was coming and kind of resurfacing when all this stuff was being talked about was when Acadian was talking about his time on TSM on, I think it was the crackdown with Dom and Thorin, and was basically just saying how, like, Acadian kind of attributed his, like, stark drop-off on TSM from this specific one time where Reggie came in when the team wasn't doing so well that week in scrims, and basically just shit all over Acadian, and, like, he lost his confidence and, like, lost his starting spot on TSM off of that. And I think that was in Season 9, uh, Summer, when they were doing, like, splitting time between Greg and Acadian. And I feel like that's just a perfect example of why this is a problem. Like you have the owner, the guy who runs the team, coming into scrims, coming into practice, talking shit about a specific player, and then you know ruining that player's performance and experience on the team for the rest of the year. So it's just like the whole situation, like all around, is pretty disappointing, especially from like Reggie's side. Like I know you say you're not necessarily one to pick sides in here, but I'm definitely on the, the double of side of things. Like. One, the, the number of times and consistency that this has been a problem um, based off of, you know, the past. That's kind of why I'm more on double lift side. And also just, 
like how just like bad it is in general. Like I don't know, just like so. Uh, let DSM's me, got let me a lot clear. of problems. I, let me be clear that the reason why I'm not on any side is because I want there to be an investigation done first. I want there to be absolute proof that X Y Z was done before I form an opinion. Because what can happen and what does happen a lot of the time is that people will make their opinions based off accusations. I'm not that kind of guy. I want to make sure that something has happened before I, because it's very possible that he could be being misrepresented. Do I think that's likely? No, but it is possible. And so I'm benefit of the doubt kind of guy. I'm not one that's afraid to give my opinion on stuff or afraid to give my take. I just want to make sure that I have the info before I do that. And so that's why I'm not taking any sides on this. Um, but I am absolutely worried for the players. And to hear that there's a chance that there might not be an investigation, that drives me up the freaking wall. You need an ab absolutely, you need an investigation on this. Could, like, I, I know I said earlier, what if it's Speaker? Forget if it's Speaker. If it's anyone, no one deserves that. Like, that is so messed up. So, anyways, I, I just think there should be an investigation. We should learn what happened. Uh, and then uh, I, I guess the league should then make appropriate. Uh, decisions as to how they want to move forward with whatever information they find. That That's how it should be for me. Um, and I also heard that, like, oh, well, this is coming from Doublelift, who's a toxic player. I don't give a fuck who it's coming from. If there's mul multiple sources that is saying that there is abuse on a team, investigate it. I don't give a fuck. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Anyways, it's just so crazy to me that um, I heard that there could be an investigation. What do you mean, could be? investigate it protect so, uh, your freaking players the lcspa should be going nuts with this like i i want to hear what darshan the the lcspa guy has to say about this because i'm sure he has something to say i'm sure that they, they have to be looking into this right yeah, am i, I mean, crazy he, he was on clg and they're pretty fucked up work yeah speaking so, of clg dude is this like pushing the snowball further that tsm is becoming the new clg or what so it no uh, okay yes and no like if it had to take a direction for it to go towards a clg like thing this would be a start but i still think that snowball needs to roll and roll and roll and roll do i need to remind you jnt that when they get to the lcs studio tsm gets out of an escalade while clg gets hey, out of a maybe not maybe not for long dog this, this yeah. new TSM is not looking so hot. Post well, Bjergsen, post double lift. The Escalade and the Blitz and the FTX money can go for quite a ways. I think that Snowball's got some miles to go. But uh, I suppose it would be a step in that direction. I, I still don't see it happening. But uh, okay, JNT, if that ever happens, I'll give you all the props you want. Uh, if they somehow become the next CLG. So clip it and ship it. All I'm saying, because... dog, is is this situation is going to be like an exponential graph. Like, sure, it might start up slow, but yeah. once once it hits that curve, it, it's going. You think it's a slippery slope, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, may, I mean, yeah, maybe, I suppose. Um, how much do you think this hurts TSM in the long run? Oh, I mean, like, it definitely doesn't help them, so it just oh, it has... certainly it, doesn't help it, them. It just has to hurt them, like, there's no... I think it hurts them a lot. Honestly. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I think I mentioned this a few episodes ago, like, I don't think TSM's image, per se, has to do... Like, I guess, sorry, their public image has nothing to do with um, their performance and, therefore, the level of talent that joins the team or wants to play for TSM. The whole reason why people wanted to play for TSM is because they're the best team and they have the best players. And that is no longer in the money. case. 
Yeah, but I mean that's no longer the case. Like TSM is yeah, not the most. Yeah, C9 that both have money, right? Yeah, yeah. the TSM is not the most desirable org to play for in terms of oh, I can get this much money for playing for them. They're no longer one of the top teams in the LCS in terms of performance, and they no longer have these like blue chip players like Bjergsen, like a double lift. I mean, yeah. the only person I would say that you'd want to play with on that roster is Spica. Um, yeah. Yeah. So TSM's on the decline, yeah. but uh, hopefully for. Hopefully for just the relevance of the LCS, they don't go to CLG, even though I do think it's probably going to happen in, yeah. in due time. That, I, that's the biggest loser in this for me is the T, the hardcore TSM fans. Because I think I, I think about if I'm a hardcore TSM fan, this breaks my heart to know that this has been happening in New York. Now, some TSM fans knew about this already. Like the, those, those videos of Reggie are not new videos. Oh, yeah. I mean, those... but some didn't, though. Some didn't. And I, I just think. Um, if I'm a diehard, okay, let me use this as an example. Okay, so obviously my name is Blue Jay. Uh, an example of like where like I could totally stop cheering for the Blue Jays is if I lose respect for that org. A perfect example in baseball for those that don't know, the Houston Astros just got caught with a huge cheating scandal in the last bunch couple of, of fuckers. Years. And so, so I know that that's not the same as abuse, but like those are both things that would make me want to not cheer for a team. Whether I found out the Blue Jays were hard cheaters or if I found out that they were um, abusing their players, that would really make me not want to cheer for that team anymore. And I would, it would feel so bad knowing that I've sunk I don't even know how many hours into watching the Blue Jays play it would break my heart and I feel like that's probably similar for some TSM fans that find out about this stuff I'm sure it, it probably sucks mm -hmm. um, and, and maybe there's a lot of TSM fans that don't have a team to cheer for anymore which could ultimately just hurt the league altogether as well well uh, let's anyway. uh, let's move right along as you know everyone knows uh, free agency official free agency started today November the 15th so yes, uh, things are being confirmed, although a lot of these roster and roster moves have been rumored and sort of speculated for some time. We are just going to quickly go through each of the rosters, some we've already known, some, you know, players and names are being dropped kind of for the first time yesterday and today. And we have some, we have some spicy rosters, I would say. Yeah, we definitely do. However, not that much has been announced, right? Yeah, nothing like officially announced. The speculation is announced. The speculation yeah. is out there. But uh, as far as like today's the free agency day where things can actually sign, not that much. Uh, not a, not as many wolf bombs or bloop scoops, if oh, you God. will. Oh, um, but definitely, yeah, those names are. The thing is, they're cheesy, but I don't mind them. Like, I think a, a dash of, of cheesy is okay. Uh, just a little bit of cringe is all right in, in esports. But anyway. Um, let's start with 100 Thieves. Mm -hmm. uh, they decided to stay in Pat for the most part, but uh, they're going to go with Tenacity to work with someday. Um, and then also they added General Sniper and Mithy is joining as the head coach. JNT, thoughts? Um, all good moves all around. I think Mithy joining as an assistant or as an assistant head coach is really, really good. Um, that was a position he originally joined C9 for in the first place. Um, and I think he's a great coach. I mean, this is three years in a row now where he's bounced around coaching staffs when I think for the last three years, he's been a really great coach on that staff. And I'm, again, surprised that he's on a different team, uh, going from Fnatic to C9 to 100T. But yeah, all three I of those teams, really... I think, are going to be very welcoming to, to his knowledge and his presence. And that's great yeah. for them. That one surprised me not because I thought like, oh, I can't believe Mithy's leaving going to another team. That one just surprised me because I didn't really even think about that possibility of him going to 100 Thieves specifically. 
But yeah. I think I did talk with you either on this show or off the show, I don't know, about whether Cloud9 would keep their coaching staff. And it looks like not all of it, at least. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing for me, though, is General Sniper because so many, I mean, the whole North American scene's been talking about this guy for at least a year now, just waiting for him to be able to be signed. Cloud9 tried to sign him last year. Um, and then I guess he wasn't old enough. I guess he's old enough now. I, I think know. for amateur, yeah. I mean, we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, saying how, like, we kind of hoped this guy would go pro or try to become a pro eventually, um, because while being a streamer is probably a much more lucrative lucrative career in the short term for right now where he's at, I think, you know, he's one of the players who probably has the most potential out How of... How old is he now? 15? He's 16? 16, he's 16 now. Okay. Um. So, yeah. <clears throat> what, uh... Um, what was I gonna say? I don't know. I lost my I lost my train of thought. Um. Anyways, uh, as far as the someday tenacity thing, how long do you think it's gonna go until one of them takes the spot? Uh, that because that one's really weird. I don't think anyone goes into the off season going, yeah, the plan is to split time. This makes me think that they're not really sure what to do. That's what I get from when I when I look at this. Yeah, I think. It's kind of weird because I think in the long term, it's obviously going to be tenacity. I think that's what I think too. Maximum next year, um, even though they have someday under contract for 2022 and 2023, um, I think tenacity at the very latest is going to get in there next year. It's just a matter of time if 100 Thieves is underperforming or if Sunday is underperforming, he's going to be the first guy in. Yeah, I, I think they want to go with tenacity, but I just think they're not confident that he is LCS ready. So I think they're probably going to start off with trying him to see where he's at. Well, and, and then if it doesn't work out, be like, oh, we were just having a split time with Someday anyways. Oh, whatever. Like, Someday did not have the greatest year, as you and I have talked about many times. Mm -hmm. Though he did look better towards the end of the year. He did, yes. We still acknowledge that he is not at the Someday level that we've seen him in the LCS over the past, I don't know how many years now, four or five years. It's been quite some time. We've noticed a little bit of a drop off from Someday. And so that's why I think they're like, Tenacity's looking pretty good. Let's give him a shot, and I think that's what this is all about. Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard any word about like the lock-in tournaments or whatever, but wouldn't be surprised at all if Tenacity was playing games in that. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's that would be my guess. Because in the lock-in tournament, do you really need to see more out of someday? You've like he's a known not. quantity. Right, right. So, anyways, interesting lineup. This team won Summer Split. Need I remind people they went three and three at Worlds? I know not everyone was happy with the Worlds performance. I thought they actually looked okay, and so. I think that they're looking pretty good. What can I say? You've got uh, an extra top laner to add, which is like you, he might be better. We'll see how that works. You got a new coach that we think we have a lot of uh, confidence from, Mithy, and then you join or you sign, excuse me, probably the most. Uh, uh, I don't know what's the word. The most, uh, the best prospect in North America has ever had. The most anticipated prospect is maybe the best way to put that. Yeah, because um, people have been talking about him forever in General Sniper, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things looking good for 100 Thieves. Not a lot of moves that they had to make. Uh, next, C9. Yeah, C9, probably the biggest surprise of the offseason yeah. so far, I would say, in terms of how their roster is looking. Um, for the people who don't know, yesterday it was announced, well, not, I guess not announced, but the rumors, uh, and Rumors from the ma a majority of sources were saying that C9's roster is going to be Summit. And if you don't know who Summit is, he's the current top laner for Live Sandbox over in the LCK. Blabber Jungle, Fudge, roll swapping to mid lane. Zven Bottom with Isles, their academy support, going up to LCS. 
Yeah. So, and then just to add on that, so that's what Travis announced last night. And then Fionn on fire said, I am only confirming C9's top side. I have sources telling me that the predicted bot lane of Sven and Isles isn't completely locked in as of now. And so that's something that isn't a hundred percent by the sounds of things. Um, so we'll see what changes there. Um, but if you're going, if, if for the sake of this conversation, let's presume it is the summit blabber fudge Sven and Isles, like you just mentioned. Um, I think we could have gone a million years without me guessing this lineup. Yeah, that's for sure. It, it's pretty surprising. Just, I mean, let's ignore the whole like summit signing right now because a lot of people probably don't know who he is. But you could argue that Sven was one of Cloud9's worst performers in, in summer uh, of mm -hmm. basically MSI towards the end of 2021. You could argue that he was one of, if not the worst, player on that team. And he's one of the players who's staying, um, and again, promoting Isles from Academy to LCS, I think is another pretty surprising move considering, um, you know, yes, Cloud9 had a lot of success with bringing in Fudge and bringing in a lot of OC players on C9 specifically. Um, but still, like, losing a player like Vulcan, uh, while he definitely didn't have a, a very solid end to the year, I, you know, I don't want to say struggled at Worlds, but didn't really look very solid. Didn't look too solid. I'd say struggled. I'd say struggled. I think he struggled pretty much since MSI. Vulcan was not all that impressive to me, but not many players were on Cloud9, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I think I would put him more on the, not quite on the Perks Zven level. Those those yeah. guys were in a, those guys were, were the worst performing players, but still a surprise nonetheless to see Isles come up from Academy to LCS. Um, I mean... The majority of the Cloud9 Academy to LCS uh, promotions have looked good in the past, so you know it's hard to doubt the it's hard to doubt history here. But uh, you know still, what my I thoughts think on this are. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I well, I just I, you were done. I was gonna segue to the role swap, but what were you gonna say? I was gonna say as far as the bot lane and Sven and Vulcan, my guess what happened there is I think C9 was looking to probably get rid of both. I honestly think. Um, but I don't think they were able to get any money for Sven, so decided, ah, whatever, let's resign. And I think Vulcan, they were probably able to get some cash for. That is my guess as to what happened there, because I don't think any either one of them was particularly amazing this year. And I think they were like, eh, let's get some money for Vulcan, because we know C9 has a history of getting some cash for their players. Mm -hmm. and so I don't think this, I don't think this off season was any different there. Yeah, but uh, obviously, you know, the big news is Fudge role swapping from top lane to mid lane. Um, Fudge's, you know, just LCS story, I think, has been very, very interesting. Uh, he came out in lock in 2021 and looked absolutely horrible and kind of didn't look <laughs> all that great in the first, you know, eight to ten games of the regular season. And then, you know, towards the end of the regular season and postseason, really turned it on, smashed Alfari in two consecutive series and playoffs, was Cloud9's best player by far at MSI in 2021, was was looking really good against top laners like Khan and Zhao, who rolls into summer 2021 and is their best player again by far for the entire split. Pretty much the only player who was consistently good throughout that entire split. Um, didn't look as, you know, amazing in playoffs, but was again, once was very great at Worlds. Um, and just for him to roll swap is is just pretty crazy. Yeah, it really is. And the one thing that I'll say to, I guess, you as a C9 fan, but to the other C9 fans is that what you said about Fudge getting so much better is the reason why I think C9 fans can feel a little bit better about this. Because he looked so bad when he started last year, and he was one of the quickest players to get better that we've ever seen in the LCS. Like you said, he was C9's best performer last year. And so... 
I, I always worry about a role swap. I think that's normal to worry about that kind of thing. But uh, if there's someone that proved that they can learn quick, it's fudge. So I think that should put Cloud9 fans a little bit more at ease, I would say. And I do think, like, in terms of the role swap, I mean, I think I've not been as worried about role swaps in recent memories as opposed to previous. Because, like, I'm trying to think of the majority of the role swaps that we've you know, seen nowadays have pretty much worked out fairly well. Like, the notable ones are Perks from mid to ADC, um, Whippo from top to jungle... Who he from mid to support, you know, there's been a lot of good players that have made role yes. swaps, and yeah. you know, sure, it might have taken some time for a few of these players, but you know, Fudge, from what we've seen, has the skill set I think to be a very strong player, and you know, coming into the 2022 season, like if you just look at the mid pool on your screen right now, like it's hard to like, he's probably better than at like three or four of these players potentially just based off of like mechanical skill. So. Yeah, it, it's really interesting, this lineup. And then, obviously, they decided to stick with Blabber. I thought, I think I said to you during MSI, I was like, Blabber's gone. And I, I continued that the whole time. I was like, Blabber's fucking gone. Nope, he's sticking around, baby. Yeah, so, I, I didn't think he was going anywhere. I think if they had a better option, they would have taken it. I think that they probably got outbid for some people. Maybe. Being Santorans and Inspireds and whatnot. Maybe. That is my guess. I don't think Blabber was their number one choice. I think it was, well, we're, we're not winning the bidding war, so let's not spend our brains out and let's just stick with what we got uh, in the jungle role specifically. Um, that's my guess. That's pure speculation, just to be clear. Yeah, uh, and uh, lastly, we'll talk about Summit really quick because, you know, I don't think either of us really know a whole lot about him. Um, I've watched I watched a little bit, but I, yeah, I, I remember mean... he played a Renekton game a couple of times. That's like literally the extent of my... Of my uh, summit knowledge so yeah. f fill me in a little bit jnt i mean what i will say is just from the numerous like reddit comments and twitter threads that i was reading you know specifically i think ls was talking about how great a player some uh, summit is individually like in his lane he basically ranked him as like a top three top laner in the lck behind keen and uh i don't know if he said Khan or somebody else um but he basically thinks that he's like one of the better top laners in the lck um and that you know his skill set is just, you know, it's going to work out very well in the LCS. He's not like a, a a tank utility guy. Like, he is a very aggressive player, plays a lot of carries, whatever, whatever. Um, I think we'll just have to see. I think there's not a whole lot of knowledge, especially from the LCS mm -hmm. sort of scene about this guy. And yeah. it feels like we are probably going to see a lot of overreactions based off of the lock-in tournament and maybe the first couple of games about this player. Like, if he just goes out and shits the bed, everyone's going to be like, oh, the the Like, this could basically the same thing that happened with Fudge last year. But he could honestly just come in and dominate. Like, who, who really knows at this point? Real quick, though, I want your thoughts. Because there's this 50% chance, uh, as per Travis Gafford, that Max Waldo, LS, and Vagar V2 are coaches. I, by the way, I just want to be clear that Travis might be memeing about that. I don't know. I can't get a read. Yeah, it looked like a meme, but I'm not sure. It did look like a meme, right? But yeah. what I want to ask you is, good thing or bad thing? Do you want it or do you not want it? I don't know. I, <laughs> like, who's, I want... like, who is the head coach, though? Like, who, it, was, it has to be LS, but like, it'd be kind of surprising to like for C9 to... I mean, it's just, it just feels like a risk. I don't know. It feels like an unnecessary it, risk. It seems like a big risk for LS. Oh about, like, yeah, for sure. Like he's got this huge following, and he know, like you know, like he's always right. You know what I mean? Like he he'll hold on to his opinions very firmly, 
And so like, I, I just, that's interesting to see in a coaching dynamic. And I know he's had coaching experience in the past. I think he coached gravity way back. He in, did. Yeah. Whatever. Season five. Anyway. Yeah. So, but that, that would be interesting to see, but I would also be interesting. Like what if C9, what if he was coaching them and C9 sucked? What would that do for LS that could have just hung out, kept doing his thing, clean up doing his streams? Like it just, that's where I see the unnecessary risk is like, does LS really want to do this? Cause like, doesn't he want to be on, if he's going to coach, doesn't he want to coach a team that could win worlds, not cloud nine? No offense. Yeah. And I mean, that also was... like dating back to the T1 uh, coaching stuff, uh, was it either last year or last summer? Um, from what he kind of explained about that situation was that he wasn't necessarily going to be joining as like a head coach. It was more just as kind of like a person on the coaching staff mm -hmm. to like work with, I think, players specifically, not to, to run the whole show there. So I just... It would be surprising in that group of LS, Max Waldo, and Vegar V2, like who the head coach would actually be, because I think you would have to assume that it would default <laughs> to LS. But like you said, like it's kind of a risk, because like that's kind of that's that'll be his reputation and his name on the line. Yeah, I think it would be really interesting for the LCS though, because LS is a very he's a really popular figure. I, I think it would be great. I would love to see it, anyways. But anyways, uh, yep, C9 lost the offseason. Let's bring those memes back again. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, anyways, next up is CLG. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jenkins, Contracts, Palafox, Luger, and Poom. And then also they signed ThinkCard as their head coach and Croissant as their strategic coach. J&T, thoughts? Um, yeah, the weird thing about this is, for whatever reason, when Contracts like has a good season or looks good, he joins the worst team in LCS. He he had a really good rookie season on Cloud9, joined Golden Guardians and looked like complete dog shit. Um, had a really good half a season on EG where he looked like clearly the better jungler than Sven Skarin. Yeah, for although, sure. Although he didn't get a really he didn't get a ton of playing time uh, right. come come LCS playoffs. And now he's joining CLG, who's the worst team in the league and yeah, um, I've always liked Contracts. Uh, I think he's a really good player, but I do think that he does need a good roster around him for him to really succeed. He does kind of, I think he works really well off of, you know, strong laners and then him being able to formulate his own game plan in terms of focusing on minimizing the enemy jungler's impact as opposed to helping out his other lanes. And I think when he gets put in a situation where he has to probably be running to all three lanes to try to help them out, which is most likely what he's going to have to do on the CLG roster when he has very weak players in comparison to the rest of the league, and specifically Palafox, Luger, and Poom, he's probably going to struggle. And, uh, like, I think I think their top side is decent in Jenkins and Contracts. I think if you put that top side with a different team, with, like, an average or strong mid to bot lane, they, they, they could be solid and they could look really well on this team. I just think their mid and bot lane is just really going to weigh this team down. Yeah, so I'm going to just come clean here and say that I have a very weak opinion on this team because I don't watch a lot of Academy. Um, what I will say is I thought Jenkins looked good when he had to sub in for Alfari this year. I think that is a good signing, uh, but very small sample size. I think contracts look good, but again, small sample size. Like So what you're saying about the top lane, I'm right there with you. I'm not very confident in it, though. Mm -hmm. uh, Palafox, I thought, looked really, really weak on FlyQuest. Um, and Palafox is a good example to look at that even if you're having success in Academy, that doesn't mean that you're going to have success at the at mm -hmm. the pro level. We saw that with Palafox this year, who struggled most of the year, honestly. Yeah, he had um, like a few Luke, good one-off games, but other than that, he was pretty much getting destroyed. 
And then Poom we saw last year with the whole Poo Gang thing, oh, that meme. And that was he so looked funny. bad. But again, not a lot of games, and he was a brand new player. And so, again, not a strong opinion here. And I hear Luger looks good. Uh, that's all I hear. Um, what I wonder is, like, if Jenkins and Contract are, are going to convince me that this lineup isn't that bad. And then yeah. I'm going to do this thing again, like I did last year, where I'm like, CLG is like sixth or seventh place team. And then they're just 10th again. Like, I, I don't know where to put this team. I guess we'll probably try to do that next week or whatever, once the rosters are absolutely finalized. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I got baited I, last spring, summer, when, like, they did start to look at the end of the year, and they were like, oh, yeah. both of us put them as, like, fifth, sixth, and then they were just, like, absolutely horrible, so I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid at all. They're 10th the place. The only Kool-Aid that I'm going to drink for now, here's the Kool-Aid that I'm going to drink for now, is that I think this lineup has to be better than what they just had, which is not a hot take Maybe. because of how bad CLG was. I don't think that's a super hot take. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch the CLG roster. But I will remind people, for those that are longtime listeners, I don't have to be a CLG fan next year. I'm yeah. done with that. You, you, so, your contract as a CLG fan is expired. My contract as a CLG fan is over. And so if this team sucks, I mean, I guess I kind of already hard flamed them anyways, didn't I? Even as the Don't worry. CLG I'm saving fan. my heart. I'm, save, I'm saving the flame for 2022. I'm going to enjoy watching this team, whether they're good or bad. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Dignitas. We got yeah. Fake God, River, Blue. Uh, so, so Fake God top, River, Jungle, Blue, Mid, Neo, AD Carry, and Biofrost is the question mark as the support. Uh, that's pretty uncertain, though, as of this time. Yeah. Um, pretty interesting import slots, just because you have River, who I think is a great player, by the way. I, I mm -hmm. like. And then you have Blue, who is a subpar mid laner in the LC in the LC LEC. I was trying to say I, just, I don't know why I said LCK. I was about to say LEC. Um, and it just like makes me confused why they were able to get a player of River's caliber mm -hmm. with yeah. one import slot and then choose to get Blue with their other one. Because like if you could have afforded a player like River. Like, why not go after any of the other PSG, like, players for an import slot or any of the other, like, decent mid laners that are available? Like, not even, like, the top tier ones, like, the ones we'll get into, like, the Niskis and the Jensens, like, so just a decent one. They, they like, have, they also have a new coach that's being, I don't know if this is, like, uh, reported with high certainty, I don't remember, the Enatron guy, that was high certainty, right? Yeah, I looked, I looked him up really quick just before this, um, he was on the second place Turkish team, so he's got to be decent, I guess. Because so my, my thoughts are is that maybe this Enatron guy has high, like high expectate or um, a high opinion of Blue. Maybe, maybe there's something that he sees. Because I would have to imagine that the head coach has a serious um, uh, influence on the team that he's going to be coaching about, like who he thinks is good and whatnot. So maybe it's his call. Uh, that's something that's pure speculation, but it is interesting to your point to see River and Blue being used as a two import slots because blue did not have a lot of success whereas river looks pretty damn good um mm -hmm. yeah I, I get this is one of those rosters again that i would have never guessed in a million years yeah like um, i think river is a great player it's interesting uh i don't think fake god had the greatest year i think he had an okay start in spring but no, he uh, looked like poo poo he did not look good as the year went on, that's for sure. And then even Neo. Neo looked good in spring. Well, Dignitas in general looked good in spring, I'll remind people. Like, they were actually, like, Dude, you know, Aframu a decent team. Dude, whipped out the magic with the rookie support, and 
Now Aframu's gone, so Neo's destined to fail like Johnson. I am worried about the Biofrost thing. Now, that one's a little less certain if that's happening, but uh, the reason why I'm worried about Biofrost is because he took a year off. So, and, and taking a year off isn't the whole thing for me, but when you looked pretty bad the year before taking a year off, I think that's a little bit worse for me. Like I'm a little bit more nervous that not only did you start to look worse, but then you also took a break for a whole year. Um, and, and I understand the argument could easily be made that, like, look, he's still a good player. He just needed a break. I get that. Um, I'm just not all that confident that Biofrost is going to come back and just pog out. I'm not. I'm not counting on it. All right. Uh, anyway. Next up, we got Evil Geniuses, who didn't necessarily get the super team, but I think they got a pretty solid roster. And uh, this Impact team top is lane, interesting, man. Impact Sorry, top ahead. lane, Inspired Jungle, Jojo Pune, mid lane, uh, Danny ADC, and Vulcan going over from Cloud9 as support. <clears throat> this is, to me, the most exciting team for next year. Ahead of TL, ahead of C9, ahead of... I, I guess we don't know what TSM is looking like yet. Surprising. But this, to me, is like... This is a huge gamble that EG is taking. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad gamble. This could be the right play. Um, so... There was talks about uh, Jensen and Doublelift possibly playing on a team together, and obviously EG could have been one of those teams, right? I think you take Danny over Doublelift regardless of the team. I think I would take Danny for the same reasons that I just mentioned about uh, Biofrost. Doublelift did not look good his last year. Um, his spring split with TL, which was when the spring doesn't matter... Uh, spring split doesn't matter, that whole thing. And then when he went to TSM, I still thought TSM's bot lane was their weak, was the weakest part of that team. And I didn't think it was really close either. Um, so I am worried that Doublelift isn't the same. And then Doublelift also took a year off, like I just mentioned. That's a lot of question marks for me. I'd rather go with Danny, who showed a little bit of promise. Like that, I'd rather go with the younger, less expensive question mark than the older veteran that's going to cost you a shit ton of money. Uh, and then you might not even have your mid laner pan out, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then, like, you could kind of argue that that's a waste of cash. What I think you do here, first of all, I can't believe they got inspired to play for, for a lineup with two young players like that. That surprised me. But you've got Money inspired. Talks, dog. Yes, it does. You got inspired. You got Europe's either best or one of best junglers. And now you get to test out your two young rookie talents, which I'm guessing they're probably going to do this for spring. And if one of them doesn't pan out, they will look to replace. Now, I don't think there's a lot of options at AD carry, but with Jojo Pyun, if he doesn't work out, you've got Niski still available. Jensen's still available. May I remind people that Jazuke was on this team? Haven't heard shit about Jazuke. So I don't think they're too much in a rush to find a mid laner when there's so many on the market still. And that's why I think we ended up with the roster that we have here, which is such a weird weird but very interesting and exciting way to go about the offseason for eg yeah and i do think inspired is kind of like the perfect jungler to bring into your team one who we know Definitely. is a really good player that will also just make it a lot easier for players like jojo pune and danny just to have a good time in lcs when you're gonna have a really good jungler that's gonna shit on people like makes it easy for the mid laner and the bot laner's job mm -hmm. um and i guess the last thing to talk about with this uh lineup is vulcan um, from what I've, we've heard recently, he seems to be maybe a question mark with this roster. I think it's also partially related to when we were talking about Cloud9, that their bot lane might not potentially be locked. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was Travis or Fionn on Fire said that, like, Vulcan, to, Vulcan from C9 to EG may not happen. So, 
I think it was Fion. Now I'm not 100% on that, but I, the don't reason remember. Why I think it was the reason why I'm saying I think it would be Fion is because Travis had locked in the Cloud9 roster last night, right? Where he said that Isles would be starting and blah, blah, blah. And it's like you said, it sounds like that's not done yet. That whole, mm -hmm. I don't know, transaction or whatever. Um, but yeah, anyway, that, that's why I think it might be Fion, but I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, if we were to just jump back to CNR really quick, I do think that with this whole fudge roll swap thing, it probably makes more sense to keep Vulcan and have a little bit more consistency in your roster than thrusting in another rookie who has the chance to fail, although history says he won't, or, you know, it, that's the only reason why I'm not as nervous as I think I should be. Um, but, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, it's just funny because if I thought I was going to keep one player of the C9 bot lane who didn't look very good, I would have kept Vulcan over Sven, and they, for right now, they're keeping Sven. But again, I wouldn't be surprised at all if C9 did run back the same bot lane. So a little bit more speculation here. Um, the reason why I think uh, C9 can get money for Vulcan is because EG needs an import slot. If Jojo Pion doesn't work That's out, true. Uh, you need that import slot for either maybe Nisqy. Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe you just no, get that Jensen. Does. I didn't think about that. But, That's true. But maybe you need Jazuke or Nisqy, right? Or I mean, uh, maybe someone else as well. But Because yeah. if, if Jensen, it, let's say TSM goes after Jensen, shit. Right, so that's why I think C9 is getting rid of Vulcan, or supposedly getting rid of Vulcan, is because I think EG is probably like shit. We can't go with Ignar anymore because I guess Ignar maybe didn't get a green card or whatever. Because I actually, if it were me, even though I think Ignar did look worse this year than he did the year before, I would go Ignar over Vulcan after what we just saw this past year. Which yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's probably a hot take for a lot of people, but me, I think yeah, I thought Ignar was better. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily compare completely agree well, i mean I, I do kind of agree that both players didn't look very good but my reason for thinking that i would rather ignore over vulcan is just for consistency's sake that you would you should run the same bot lane back as opposed to getting yeah. in my opinion a side grade from ignore to vulcan like it's a side grade yeah but uh anyways so th that that to me i'm so excited to see that lineup because it could absolutely flop but what if it pops off you know what if we have a team with two really young uh, rookie talents that are supposed to be very good? Uh, time will tell. Like, that could be so hype, man. So, anyways, I'm really excited for EG. I guess I'm an EG fan. Um, I hope that this roster does well. And, uh, I mean, I won't be disappointed if Jensen has to step in. I said it last, last week. I'll say it a million times more. Jensen should be on a team, man. And he's still one of North America's best performers at international tournaments. So... I I, the the biggest fear for me is that if Danny doesn't pan out, because if Danny doesn't pan out, I don't know who the good options are. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see if he kind of has the tactical effect where he has a really yeah. insane, you know, joins a team uh, during the middle of the year, looks insane, and has you know a really bad sophomore slump. Yeah. But uh, only, only time will tell. Uh, next up, FlyQuest. Uh, they're running back the same sort of. Oh, your boy Jose Diodo's sticking around. Dude, I, I knew it. I, I said this. I knew it. What happened? Well, I just knew that he was going to stay. Oh, I sorry. I didn't. You cut out, so I didn't. I just heard something, something. I knew it. Anyways, yeah, he, he ends up sticking around. Last week, we were kind of convinced he was gone. Nope, now we think he's sticking around. Although that still could change. Now, again, just another reminder. None of this, none of this is final. But uh, yeah, anyways, Kumo, Jose Diodo, Takui, Johnson, Aframu. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this last week, so I don't want to go too long on this. 
I'm excited about the Johnson and Aphromoo bot lane again. They were great with Dignitas last year. Oops, as I hit my microphone. Um, so that's what I'm most excited for with this team. And then I guess I mentioned the, the Jakui thing from the LFL. I think a, a, pl a player coming from that league is exciting. I'm not excited about Kumo. Yeah, that's, that's he wasn't it. he wasn't too great. Um, I, I just wonder if the other options just didn't pan out. I would assume that's what it is because Kumo was basically like the last piece of the puzzle that we heard from FlyQuest. Like that was that only happened like this week where it was like, oh, well they're keeping Kumo, so kind of just like makes what me think. What happened with Hanser, right? Like Hanser was rumored to maybe be looking at yeah Flagquest. or Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 I I would assume that like the other options didn't like work out, and they probably just decided to stick with Kumo as opposed to maybe getting a another um academy top laner what i will say mm -hmm. this came out very very recently and i've i've been talking about this guy for quite a long time dignitas released lorlo who's been playing for their academy team for the last like year and a half now flyquest should him. sign lorlo like just yeah. that I'm, I'm telling you that Get guy like shit, right like, he's lcs level hurt. dog he's lcs level like sure yeah. he might not he may not be a top five uh, top laner in the lcs but if you're a bad team and you're struggling in a specific role, that role being top lane, get Lorelo, man. I agree. Uh, Golden Guardians next. They got Licorice, Pride Stalker, Ablaze Olive, uh, sorry, Licorice Top, Pride Stalker Jungle, Ablaze Olive Mid, Lost AD Carry, and Olay Support is looking like uh, the, the roster, the likely roster. Um, the standout for me is Olay's back. That guy's a kooky guy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's become a kooky guy ever since he yeah. left LCS, basically. Yeah, uh, I think he's an interesting personality, and I'm happy that he's, he's funny. back in I the like LCS. Him. Yeah, exactly. I'm happy that he's back in the LCS. I don't know what to think about his performance, because I don't think he was that great when he left the LCS. But mm -hmm. he did have success on TL when he was playing with Doublelift. I know Doublelift didn't like playing with him all that much. But there has been times that we've seen good things out of Ole, so I'm going to be patient and see what happens there. Um, you and I mentioned Licorice and Ablaze Olive. Not a big surprise seeing them back. Um, the lost one is interesting because he goes from TSM to Golden Guardian. Pretty big drop. I yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say Golden like it's not like Golden Guardians of the past where they were like the clearly the worst team. Because I think mm -hmm. Golden Guardians is a decent team now. However, I'm just kind of surprised that they decided to go with Lost instead of sticking with Stixay. Like again, I, I think this is kind of a side grade um, in terms of Stixay yeah. versus Lost. I think. The average person might be like, "Wow, like Six Save, like dude, Six Save was not bad at all last year, and he was playing with a yeah. pretty terrible support for the entire for the entirety of 2021." Um, <clears throat> and again, not to say that I think Loss is a bad player, but it's just like if it doesn't work out, I'll be like, "Told you so." <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know anything about Pride Soccer. Do you? I don't even know what region he plays for. Or uh, Europe, for. I'm pretty sure. Oh, is he like DRL. a? Okay, well. Hey, oh boy, they no. usually make have that, decent Make sure players. I'm not wrong about that, because I, I don't know, dog. <laughs> dog. <laughs> I have no clue, dog. Um, yeah, but I, I'm I'm glad that they have Licorice and Blazov still. I said that before, like, both of them were pretty great uh, towards the end of 2021. Good mm -hmm. that Blazov's sticking around. It's just, Next. it's just, I feel like this roster is going to be very Pride Stalker dependent. Like, if yeah. he's good, they may be good. If he's bad, they're probably going to be bad. Okay, let's go next. Immortals. Yeah, we got uh, Revenge go Top, Xerse Jungle, Power of Evil, new mid laner, Wild Turtle returning to Immortals, and uh, Destiny potentially staying as support. Kind of a question mark at this point, but uh, yeah, the big news was today. I don't even maybe it was like late last night, but today uh, Power of Evil and Wild Turtle joining. 
Yeah. So both of these guys going back to Immortals. Um, in oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Optic. Okay. Power of Evil was there uh, with Optic. And then yeah, yeah. Wild, forgot, Turkey. Yeah. Wild Turkey was with Immortals. Um, that back in the heyday. Pretty good, right? With yeah, like season Hooney six. And, yeah, yeah. Hooney was, Rainover days, right? He was season yeah. six. And um, I don't know if he played in su season seven summer on Immortals. Because he went back to TSM, but... I don't, I don't remember where he played in Season 7 Summer, but... Back when they were good. And PoE is an interesting one, because we've actually seen him just hard carry some of these lower-tier teams in the past, right? Um, he looked really good on FlyQuest, although I wouldn't say hard carry there, but when it came to CLG uh, in 2019, he actually looked really good and hard carried that team. And then with Optic, I think before that, um, he was honestly on a team that wasn't so great. I remember there were some memes about carrying these animals or something like. Do, do you remember that? I I, I think I that? do, but I don't remember what it had any relation to. But I do I remember, remember that people line. Not knowing if he was joking around or if he was being serious. Anyways, it, it's interesting because then we saw him go to TSM this year, and while I would still say he was like good, I wouldn't say he was like standout good. Um, and so maybe he's more in more of a comfort zone when he's on one of these lower tier teams. I don't know. But it is interesting to see him go from TSM. TSM not really know what they want to do with their mid lane yet and just say, hey, you can go and explore your options. You know, we know what that really means. That means like, mm -hmm. all right, you're you're through. <laughs> you're you're gone. Yeah. Um, and I mean, so maybe there's a redemption arc for PoE here on IMT. Yeah. I mean, after like the whole Bjergsen thing, like I was kind of like, I was like, oh, maybe PoE just rejoins because Bjergsen declined or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, like, I think PoE joining is actually pretty good for Immortals. Like, both Wild Turtle and PoE are, like, pretty decent upgrades over the previous, you know, players in Insanity and uh, Race. Unfortunately, you Race. know, I'm a big uh, Insanity fan. He got the juice, but didn't have... He ran out of juice at the end of 2021. He ran out of juice. He had a really good spring and a really, really poor summer. Um, kind of unfortunate to see to see Insanity lose his spot, um, but I don't think he deserved to keep it after the season that he had. Yeah. We'll probably see him back in Academy, I would assume. Um, he's a solid player. Uh, and then, you know, comparing Wild Turtle, to, Wild Turtle to Race, Wild Turtle's kind of like the better version of Race, where, sure, yeah, he does have these, like, crazy plays where he does, he does like, some random thing, like he's flashing into the enemy team or he's doing some intent lane. But, like, Turtle's still a very strong player. Like, one of the few bright spots for CLG in, in 2021 was Wild Turtle when he did, like, carry a few games and actually look really solid. One game that really comes to mind is... I think it was like it, it was CLG versus Immortals where Rays had like a huge lead in lane and then Turtle like was actually like reverse stomping them down like 1k gold in lane and like almost led the comeback for CLG to beat Immortals but Immortals ended up winning the game but like Rays was like inting his lead completely so I actually think this Immortals roster is, is going to be decent I think wouldn't be surprised at all to see this team kind of get back to like the sixth seventh kind of area that they were in in spring split mm -hmm. and sort of before that um but uh, yeah, because they, did, they didn't have that great of a summer. It's interesting. What's interesting to me is that Wild Turtle manages to stay around because he hasn't really been a top tier AD carry for quite some time. But he manages to keep his spot in the LCS. Whereas we have these guys like Broxa dropping off. Stixa is now long, no longer with a team. Obviously, you got like the Medio Sneaky and, and Double If. They're no longer on team. But Wild Turkey, that guy... <laughs> that guy sticks around if people don't I, I have this habit of saying wild turkey if people don't know what that's from that's from when like they 
uh, when the broadcast went remote for the first time, they had a lot of issues and they wrote Wild Turkey under his name. Yeah. I, I just realized that people might not know what the hell I'm saying while I'm saying Wild Turkey. Yeah, it was from, yeah, like, like you said, when the LCS broadcast back. first went yeah, remote. There was it's like been their, over a year now, right? Yeah, their first broadcast back, they had a bunch of player names incorrect on the broadcast. I think the, the, the standout one for like us was Wild Turkey, but they also had Wiggly at the time, who had name changed to Griffin, and they had him as his Santornin. old name, Wiggly. Yeah, they had Santornin, where they added an extra N in there. I, think there, I know that there was one other, but like, it was just a funny moment. Yeah, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to explain because people are probably like, what the hell is he talking about? But anyway, um, I, yeah, I mean, we, we've we talked many times about how I think Xersei is actually still a really good jungler. I think he's still, like, underrated. I think he's a lot better than what you would think you would get out of a lower tier team. And so I'm with you in saying that this team can actually challenge uh, games against teams in the upper five because that's kind of how the LCS is being qualified now is you got the top five and the bottom five. You have these two different leagues. I think this is one where the bottom part of the league can take games off the top part with the with this roster like Immortals. Mm-hmm. Um, Next is TL. Yeah, talk uh, about TL. They got the super team. Oh, I forgot to mention one quick thing about Immortals. There's a rumor that maybe Zix is going to take over coaching, which leads into this one because it looks like TL is the front runner for the bidding war over Kyoto. I guess, so Immortals coach from this past year looks like TL and TSM were after him. It looks like TL bought or won that bidding war. And so maybe Giotto's going over there. That's still not confirmed yet, but obviously then Immortals needs a coach and it looks like they're looking at Zix for now, um, which is a long time LCS coach. Everyone knows who he is. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, with uh, Team Liquid, it's pretty much their race to lose just simply yeah. with the level of skill individually that these players have. I think the only team, the only teams, I guess that I, I could say that can match up, I think individually, are probably like I don't even know if I would include C9 or 100 Thieves in this discussion. Like I think it's I would maybe say 100 only Thieves EG. only for now. I would say EG maybe. Like if JoJo Pune I, okay, turns so, out. So sure. So I, I guess I should include EG, but I, I, like I mentioned before, with EG, like that is a big question mark. Whereas like I have a lot more confidence in 100 Thieves coming out and looking good. So while I should say that EG could, I think the only likely one is uh, 100 Thieves to be able to take yeah. games and off y- TL. I, and I'm not that convinced with C9 or TSM. Well, I, we don't really know what's going I, on yet. EG's still way too up in the air. I was going to say, like, as much of a fanboy of C9 that I am, like, there is no chance in hell I can even try to argue <laughs> that their bot lane of Consum and Core JJ, that, like, that's Ven and Isles, have a chance of, like, standing. Like... I think that you could make an argument for the top side of the map with Summit, Blabber, and Fudge if the Fudge roll swap pans out, but like, dude, their bot lane would get hard rolled. We have quite a few TL fans that listen to us. I, I, I notice, or at least the ones that interact with us on Twitter and stuff, because I'll, like, I'll read people's bios and say that says that they're TL fans. Yeah, yeah. I am speaking to you guys, TL fans, that um, I see quite often on Twitter. This is your year to get under JNT's skin. Now hey, is the time dude. to pounce. Uh, no, I honestly though I would say the That's... opposite. I would say the opposite because TL is the expected number one, and if anything else happens, you'll yeah, be hearing yeah, from well, me. So, so that's what I was gonna say. Was I was gonna say, but don't be surprised if he dishes it back. But hey, dog, uh, if you guys aren't winning both splits <laughs> and performing well at MSI and Worlds, like hey, 
I think it'll be fun if uh, you and some TL fans have added over Twitter. Dude, I'm a, I'm excited for this TL lineup. Popcorn. Dude, I yeah, I, I like this that. whole TL roster. Like, I like all of these so players. Like, I've so always liked Whippo. I've always liked Bjergsen. I've always liked Core JJ. I mean, I've never been like a huge Hansama fan per se, but I've I've recognized that he is a really great player. Yeah. Um, and Santorin's just like been a consistent solid jungler for pretty much his entire career so yeah but the, anyways there's not much to talk about because we talked about this roster lineup last week and we're probably going to talk more about them next week as well um next week probably going to be our last episode by the way but we'll that's a conversation for later um tsm their projected lineup right now is huni Spika. fate is a question mark not a lot of confidence in that one and then tactical and ignar Tactical, more confidence than the Ignar life. And now maybe Mickey's been thrown into the mix as of tonight. It seems like Mickey is the new front runner there. I hope for his sake he doesn't go to TSM. Pardon me? I said I hope for his sake he doesn't go to TSM. Why, JNT? Because I like Mickey X. I don't want him to going to fucking shit to I knew, TSM. I knew the answer, but I, I knew your answer, but I, yeah. For people uh, who don't know who Fate is, he's the mid laner for Live Sandbox and LCK team. Yeah. Same uh, team uh, that Summit is coming from. Again, he's a, he's just a player. Like obviously, you can see like there's not a lot of confidence in terms of uh, the rumors about him. Um, so it's pretty hard to even say whether or not he's going to be on this team. Um, but I mean, Live Sandbox is a at least in the recent like the last two years, they've been a top six team in the LCK. So that's got to be worth something. Um, it's it's been known that Huni and Speaker is going to be like the building blocks around this team going forward, and the rest of the roster is still a question mark. So it yeah. just feels like with TSM, like we got to play the waiting game here. We're probably we not going. It feels like they're going to be the last team to lock in their roster. Yeah, and what, obviously it's not a hot take that the Cloud Nine fan doesn't want TSM to go after Mickey when you're also a Mickey fan as well, if I'm not mistaken. So. I mean, big hot take. Me, I don't really care if he goes to TSM. I think, sure. I, I feel again, like I mentioned at the start of the show, I kind of feel bad for the TSM fans, seeing as like they might be like, oh shit, do I even want to cheer for this team if I find out that the Reggie stuff is true and if this and if that, blah blah blah. TSM fans, they need a win right now. So if they get Mickey, I'll be happy for them. Although honestly, Ignar and Life are also good supports as well. So if if they're looking at those options as well, like I think C or TSM has three. Pretty good options that they're looking at in the support role. So yeah, I guess one other thing, just to quickly throw out there with the TSM stuff, is I don't know if this is like a rumor that's still relevant, but apparently they were trying to go after um, a lot of LPL players to fill up. Oh, uh, I was hoping you'd say Chovy. That'd um, be the that's the one that no, no, everyone no. keeps memeing. Please, okay, God, sorry, go no. ahead. <laughs> um, but apparently they want to do some potentially like again, I don't know if this is relevant currently or if this was something that they were looking at earlier on in the off season. Uh, but to do some sort of Chinese-speaking team. Because mm -hmm. for people who don't know, Spika is Chinese and speaks, I guess Mandarin. it's Mandarin, sorry. He speaks Mandarin, but is Chinese. Um, mm -hmm. So wouldn't be surprising to see some some LPL players slot into this roster if, you know, the tactical stuff doesn't end up happening. And obviously, you know, support and mid laner seem to be up in the air. Yeah. Okay, so we will definitely talk more about these teams once they get solidified, guys. So like, like I said, that will be next week's episode. But for now, JNT, who who won the offseason? Who lost the offseason? Uh, and what is the biggest surprise out of all these lineups? I mean, it's it's got to be Team Liquid for me. Like, 
it's it's their year to lose and it's it's so it's solely it's solely on them like it is their year to lose no ifs ands or buts about it i don't want to hear any excuse with you like look at this roster so if they so uh, there's no no debate there they won the offseason who lost the offseason because i i mean i got an idea but i want to know your thoughts on who lost the offseason i mean i don't know like uh i do uh dude tsm you oh just i mean lost i guess Bjergsen. yeah uh, that's true Hello? <laughs> you lost Bjergsen. now that, okay. that doesn't mean that they can't redeem themselves in the the coming weeks or whatever days whatever it is but i think anytime you lose your longtime franchise face player who's 1v9 for you since joining your team that's a loss um, and, and I think that even though I don't think they're going the way of CLG, you mentioned earlier, like this is the start. I think the Bjergsen thing is the biggest thing that could look in that direction, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess um, I, I didn't necessarily consider them right away just because we don't really know their roster. But yes, losing yeah. Bjergsen and losing the face of your of your whole organization is bad. I mean, my, my other thing was just going to be CLG, mainly because... Like, I don't think their roster got any better or worse, per se, based off of their players individually. But, like, in, in a world where this team is the exact copy of the previous team, like, you went from a bunch of very big-name players to a bunch of no-names. So, like, if you're going to be a bad team, here, you might on. as well be a bad team with veterans and, like, a right. name for Whoa. yourself. Really? I mean, yeah, like... I'll take the opposite of that. Uh, here's what I'll say. Because no one's going to care about your team. Like, even though CLG was, like, complete okay. dog shit, like, people cared. Like, oh, like, there was, like, s- there was some level of empathy with players like Pobelter, with players like Broxa, with players like Wild Turtle, with players like Smoothie, and maybe Finn, for, for those people who care about Finn. I didn't, per se. But when you have this team, like, who, like, who is there to care about on this team? Like... You know what I mean? So that is a that's a fair argument. I, I will say there's still a lot of contracts fans out there, though, yeah, I would okay. say. I still think there's a lot of Poom optimists, we'll call them. But I, I will still say that CLG won the offseason more than they lost the offseason because mm. the main goals were to completely strip this fucking team. They got Bud Light Ace, Pentakill. Yeah, yeah, the Bud Light Ace memes came back today on Twitter. That was, that was spot on. That was great, yeah. Um... But I think the goal should be a clean slate. And I, I there was, I think it was Azale. Like, nor, I'm a big Azale fan. Um, but I think it was him that was like, I'm surprised they didn't keep any players. Bro, Azale, you need to understand, buddy. <laughs> this is like, you need to scrap this team. Because you don't want to carry over any of that negativity from last year. You need to get rid of absolutely everyone. And it seems like they did that. They got rid of, they got a new head of esports or whatever. Uh, they got new coaching staff. All five new players. You don't want to carry over any of what was the most probably like one of the worst environments last year into this year. And so I think that was goal number one was even if like you thought Broxa was good enough to be on your team still, you're getting rid of Broxa, not because he's the problem, but because he probably has this bad taste in his mouth of last year where he could be like, oh, you guys should have been here last year. Like you want to just completely get rid of that and start fresh. And so that's one thing that I think they that you absolutely had to do. The other is you save a shit ton of money because they had to probably spend a lot more on last year's roster than this year. That's and so for those sure. are two big wins for me. Um, yeah, the yes, only they could still finish tenth, but that's not any worse than they were last year. They were still absolute trash last year. And so I, I think I see more positives than negatives here. Yeah, I think the only player you could argue that they could have or should have kept is Broxa. Um probably because he was the only player that seemed to match up like individually 
on any level during the majority of the season. And like the, the, the dysfunction of CLG was not Brox's problem or fault whatsoever. Um, but I am happy for Broxa that he's out of that shit show. Um, yeah, me too. I, I miss Broxa though already. I still want him to be in LCS, but I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess if we're going biggest surprise, I mean, for me, I, I think it just has to be the C9 stuff with, with mm -hmm. like the fudge roll swap and them keeping one of the worst performing players. It's just like, again, like history shows I, I that think whenever C9's more. Like when, whenever they whenever they say that they lost the off season, it turns out well. So I mean, I got no yeah. clue, dude. Like it's just, true. it's just weird. So the C nine is still the biggest one, uh, and especially because it's C nine. Like the one that I say, will say is close behind is actually Dignitas, but yeah. it's Dignitas, so people don't really care all that much. That's like, true. Let's be honest. If it that's... wasn't blue and like anybody else, I would probably go with Dignitas because the river yeah, thing the is super the interesting. Dignitas to me. one is still yeah, it's still shocking. It's just it's dig, so people don't. It's not as flashy as Cloud Nine. Yeah. So that's, and I mean, yeah. it makes me wonder if, like, River is leaving to join a team like Dignitas, like, are there going to be other PSG players that end up anywhere else? Like, cause... Yeah, whatever happened to Doggo? Where is this guy? Oh, Why yeah. haven't we signed him yet? They should have gotten Mawan or Moan. Uh, but anyways, we will definitely be talking more about power rankings or something of that sort next week. Don't know what it is yet. We're gonna figure that out. But I'll tell you this right now. I'll, I'll give a I'll give a spoiler to the power rankings. CLG is gonna be tenth place. Oh, I thought you were gonna say TL is gonna be one. Oh, I mean that could be the other one. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, one in ten. One one in ten are decided. So it's the, it's the middle I, that counts. I might not put CLG tenth. Uh, I'll I'll have to think about that one. But bruv. we'll get to that next week. Don't bruv me. I, I want to think about it. Okay, bruv. so let's let's uh, let's get into the all the other. Let's go through the the Europe stuff, the LCK stuff, the LPL stuff. Uh, let's get onto that pretty quickly because we did take yeah. quite a bit of time on the LCS stuff. Yeah, I mean the two biggest things that I think we'll, we'll spend the most of our time talking about is obviously the big news is that Reckless is uh, going to mm -hmm. be joining Caramine Corp in the LFL on a two-year contract, and I don't think the move to Caramine Corp was surprising at all, but the two-year contract is very surprising to me. Yeah, like, if if anything, like, you don't, like, this guy deserves a one-year contract so he doesn't get stuck in contract prison again. There's got to be some clauses in there that he could get the fuck out yeah. whenever he wants. There's no way you could be an LFL team get reckless and then also be like and we got you for two years and you're not going anywhere like that's not gonna happen i hope i hope i should shouldn't get ahead of myself here anyways that one is crazy uh a world where reckless has to go to an lfl team is is honestly that yeah is i mean the main thing that i saw like people talking about it on on social media and stuff was like well reckless is like big goals to win worlds and you can't win worlds in the lfl and it's like <laughs> I didn't that see it like I, I didn't see it like that because I would assume that like Reckless was probably using Caramine Corp as a platform and be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna be shitting on all these kids and like Still when summer when yeah. summer comes around, if you're a team that's aspiring to get to worlds, like go pick me up. But the fact that it's a two year contract like makes that a bit more of a question mark. But I do think there are probably some like stipulations in there that probably benefit Reckless in terms of if he does get LEC offers come summer twenty twenty two, that hopefully it makes it a bit easier. Mm hmm Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I think that he should be on an LEC team by the end of the year, but who the hell knows? Yeah, who knows at this point. Who knows? Um, next up, the other, again, this is like kind of a hard like rumor, like nothing really confirmed at all, but what is it called? The bloop bomb? Is that what they call them? The bloop scoop. Oh, the bloop scoop, my bad. They said on, on the free agency. <laughs> the bloop bomb. 
Yeah, I forgot what it was. But uh, the blue the scoop. The wolf bomb is not new though. The, the wolf bomb started last year. Where yeah, I got them. Uh, I what's got his them face confused. would be on his stream howling. There oh would be the howling, God. the wolf noise. I won't howl, JNT. I won't do that to you again. But um, there's that, and then the the bloop scoop. Yeah, the just hilarious. And this this one was just so funny because Cadrill was watching the free agency show when they yep. dropped this rumor that he might join Vitality as a coach. And he was, like, live reacting to it. He, he looked pretty concerned, which makes me think, like, Dude. this has got to be something that's in the works, potentially. So, first of all, Cadrill is just naturally hilarious with anything. Like, that guy is great. So, I think regardless of the reason why he reacted that way, I think no matter what, his reaction would have been funny, because he's Cadrill. Like, I think he's hilarious. But Mark Z brought something up tonight on Hotline Lee that I hadn't thought of. Um, he brought up the point of, like, maybe the LEC talent isn't aware that he was looking to join a team. And so maybe they're like, oh shit, we were planning on using Cadrill next year for the LEC, but he might be joining a team. Mm. So that was a possibility. Like, we don't know if that's the case, but that was something that Mark Z brought up tonight. That I was like, true. That's something where they're like, like if you're like Dracos or Shocks or any of those guys, right? They're probably like, damn. So maybe he hadn't told them yet. Again, pure speculation, but a, a good point brought up by Mark, who obviously is on the LCS talent, so he would think of such a thing, right? Maybe Cadrill's gonna gonna pull a jet. Yeah, I I don't want him to go to coaching though. I love Cadrill's content, and I love him on the desk or when he's casting. Like, yeah, same. No, man, Vitality, I I, I love you, but you need to yeah. fuck off. <laughs> and s similar to the LS thing, like it's his reputation on the line again, kind of thing, like. He's making bank probably as a content creator this last year. Yeah. It, it, the thing is that's a little bit different for me though is that I want LS to coach a team because I think that'll be really controversial and will build up the LCS. Um, whereas like Cadrill's already part of the LEC broadcast anyway. That's true. Like, so I, I don't think, like I think he already does that for the LEC. So I don't want Cadrill to go to a team. I want him to stick around, be hilarious and do all that shit that he normally does. All right. Uh, next Let's get up, through the rest of the Europe stuff. What's speaking up? of some more Caramine uh, Corp stuff, their top laner Cabo Shard, who's who's a longtime LEC veteran, very good player. Um, he chose to stay in the LFL as opposed to joining Fnatic because apparently Fnatic was trying to to acquire him. Yeah, that one was like. Do they mean like the Fnatic, like the amateur team, or do they mean Fnatic, the Fnatic, and like? I was like, oh, okay. And the whole reason sure. why this is relevant in the first place is apparently Team BDS, the new LEC team who bought out Shaka's spot, um, they're buying out Adam from Fnatic. So Fnatic seems to yeah. be uh, to be blowing up a little bit. Yeah, that is a little interesting. I don't have too many thoughts on it. They're they're also buying out Humanoid from from Mad Lions though. Mm -hmm. So the, not everything is bad for Fnatic, yeah. but I am curious as to all what the top lane is going to look like. Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't have many thoughts on that. Uh, yep, and speaking of Mad Lions, uh, their new mid laner is going to be RKR. Um, no clue who that guy is. Um, yeah, me neither. I don't know. Um, next up, I'm we not going to make things up if I don't know. Yeah, yeah, let's go next. We got we got some Rogue stuff. Malrang, the sub jungler for Damwon Kia, is uh, joining Rogue, and also Comp is joining as their AD carry. So it looks like the Rogue lineup is probably going to be Odawamne, Malrang, uh, Larson, Comp, and Trimby. Mm -hmm. And then Finn is joining XL. Dude, uh, why? So Finley Mergleton is getting his second shot. Uh, why? Second shot? I guess a third shot. He was with Rogue then. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I will admit I was a little bit like why. Well, Cries is like a decent player. Yeah, see, that's the thing, though. Like, I was actually a fan of XL last year. And so even though I, I want Finn to have this comeback, I'm like, well, couldn't he have a comeback somewhere else? Because I liked XL, and I don't think Finn looked all that particularly good. I'm hoping this is all one of those good. cases where, like, Finn just didn't work out in another region. Because when he was with Rogue, I will not say he was that great. He wasn't. He was probably like an average top laner, but he was not that bad, man. Yeah. He was no, he not was that bad at all. One of the so worst I'm hoping players. that he can bounce back. I, I I think he's still hard grinding solo queue. You see posts about him. I saw um, he finished second in the on like EU solo queue when the yeah, season. So he ended. can't be pure disaster, but anyway. Yeah. Um, rip cries though. Yeah, I think he's a solid player. Maybe he goes a fanatic. I don't know. Uh lastly, yeah. um Dejor. Whoever the hell that is, again, he's joining uh, Astralis as a new mid laner. Um, there was just some random, I like, I wouldn't even call it drama, but, like, there was this guy on Twitter who was like, I can name 20 mid laners that I'd rather have on my team than this guy. Oh, he, that was that guy? Yeah, because he, he said that about another player, which I don't remember who it was, but... I, I didn't know that that was with Dejour or Dejour. Yeah, whatever. but it was the same guy who did... the most BM thing, man. Yeah, it's kind of BM. Like, I, I don't know yeah, who that man. guy is, but I just saw it, and it was like, a, yeah. Yeah, anyways. Don't know much about him, so have at her, Astralis. Have fun. Okay, we'll, we'll do some LPL, LCK stuff real quick. LCK, um, big news that came out today. Canyon, Showmaker, and Barrel are free agents. The consensus best player in the world is up for grabs. Well, and maybe the second best. Maybe. Uh, I, some people would still maybe point to Doinbee, but I don't know. After this world, a lot of people are pretty cold on Doinbee, but Canyon was great as well, So, and obviously so was Barrel. Um, yeah, I, I, the thing is that I, I want to make sure do, like we don't know if they're signing somewhere else or if they could re-sign. Yeah, well, How is that working again? They are free agents, so that doesn't mean that they're not... That, that, it doesn't eliminate okay. the possibility of them playing with Damwon, but it is interesting when you have players of this caliber that Damwon didn't actively try to re-sign them. So it makes you think that <laughs> they tried to re-sign them and you know they didn't want to re-sign, yeah, or just go somewhere else. or just the negotiations weren't exactly you know solid at the time. And who knows? Like again, we don't know what's going to happen. They can still stay on Damwon if they choose to to join up uh, with a new contract, but for the time being. You know, three out of the five, Dude, uh, you know, top players are available. I bet you there's so much money being thrown at Showmaker from the LPL specifically. I'm talking. I mean, LCK of course as well. But I bet you the LPL is probably uh, throwing a lot of cash uh, offers at uh, Showmaker and Canyon and Barrel for that matter, and Chovy as well. Yeah, Chovy still on the table from what we hear, right? Mm, Chovy and Deft are are free agents. There, yeah, they've not so... been. They've not been re-signed, or they've not been extended by a Hummel Life. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, that's Any interesting. Any thoughts on where you want Chovy to go, or where you think he'll go? Any well, my, thoughts? Or... Well, my prediction was that he was hopefully going to stay on Hanwha and then replace Faker next year after Faker wins Worlds, because he's got to win Worlds, and then Chovy's uh, going to be the, the replacement for Faker. Gotcha, okay. But, uh... uh well, speaking about know. T1, though, speaking about T1... Teddy's leaving as well, mm -hmm. which isn't that surprising because Guma Yusi was playing. I mean, they were splitting uh, games in like the regular season, but uh, Guma Yusi did he play all of the world's games? Yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, uh, and, and it's it's not like Teddy left because like he was struggling or whatever because he wasn't really struggling per se. It just it just seems like T1 is moving forward with the young guns that yeah. they have and owner Guma Yusi yeah. I say Karia like he's been around, but he's still a very young player. He's like 20 yeah. years old. 
Um, and from what we've heard, uh, he's looking at LCS opportunities potentially. So uh, hmm. who knows? TSM Teddy? Huh? Not Maybe? another bang, I hope. Oh, God, no. Please, no. <laughs> uh, then to, we'll quickly go to some LPL stuff. Um, what I have. Okay, th this was actually really interesting. There was a Reddit post that was on Reddit today, today being Monday, that has now been removed, but it read. That the that LGD has sold their LPL spot for twenty two million US dollars, which Ooh. is like whoa, that's a lot of money. But then, yeah. RNG, yes, RNG is looking to sell their spot for wait for it, ninety four million dollars USD. Why would that happen? Like, what's like, huh? Like, maybe like they're just looking RNG. to cash in, but like RNG is probably the biggest name in china in terms of league of legends ever. i thought they were the most popular team in china so they've been around I for don't know. They, they've been around since like season two like they're the most prolific team so to see them potentially selling their spot is crazy well what what's weird to me is like okay, i know the, the the lgd thing was removed but like if you're looking to buy an lpl slot doesn't the slot that cost $22 million seem a lot more attractive yeah. than and the one that cost For sure. But that also, that also makes me think, like, you know, I they're wonder... They're the brand, maybe? Well, like, maybe they're selling the brand, or, like, maybe it's sort of within, like, you might gain all their sponsors or whatever, because, like, RNG has some pretty big sponsors. Like, their biggest one is, like, Mercedes-Benz, but, like, I don't even know, like... But, but if dude, you're getting the sponsors... Sorry, big yawn. If you were getting the sponsors, that means you would have to keep the RNG name. Anyways, I mean, that I do. So, but ninety-four JNT, million dollars. Like to me, I'm not gonna lie. Hey, just saying, it was. Take it for what it is, but like, it smells bad. It stinks. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, last up, another name that's been thrown around. You know, kind of sparsely over the last year. Uh, Uzi still Who's looks that like. Guy? Who's that guy? Yeah, uh, still looks like he wants to join a team, but apparently he said on stream recently that he can't because of his current contract as a content creator slash streamer. But he did mention that that contract expires at the end of December. He said, I think. Oh, so, okay. but again, part of the reason why this was like he said it was difficult for him is because he can't like go to tryouts for teams because presumably tryouts are, are going to start when free agency starts. So. If Uzi's going to return, it probably won't be until at least summer 2022, I would think, based off him saying he's unable to attend tryouts for spring. Um, dude, just stay retired, Uzi. Like, you're good, bro. <laughs> to like, ruin the legacy? Yeah, like, dude, like, uh, what are you like? What are you going to join? Like, a mid-tier LPL team? Look like shit? Not make worlds? Retire again? Like... Don't pull up Brett Favre, man. Like, come on. Maybe he has different thoughts in mind. Maybe he thinks he still got. It. Maybe he does still got it. I thought he wanted to make a Wild Rift team or something like that. Yeah, I don't. Know. I heard that. Yeah, I remember us talking about that. I I don't freaking know anymore. What happened Anyways. there, dog? Yeah. Okay. Well, that sort of wraps up our free agency talk. But there are some key players that are that are missing. I mean, no, who might they be, J and T? Well, the the two big obvious ones that we have talked about are are Niski, Jensen, and Doublelift. Um, those are like 
Those three. are two big ones? I realized I said two when I was about to go into a list, so yes. What about, what about four with Reckless being on there? He's on Kermin Corp, what do you mean? Yeah, I suppose. You have the old notes uh, he's, not on an L he's not on a... Well, I, I guess LFL is still pro, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he's yeah. not on a... Uh, ma Anyways, yeah. continue. But, my apologies, the big three names are Niski, Jensen, and Doublelift, but... There are some other pretty notable ones in there uh, that don't have a team. Jazuke, Sven Skarin, Broxa. We were talking about him, like where Broxa at. And then two of the G2 boys still, Wonder and Mickey X, but Mickey X potentially uh, the TSM thing. We'll have to see. I, I mean, these are some really, really big name players that are still up for grabs in free agency. It would be really surprising <laughs> to see players like specifically Niski and Jensen, who just went to Worlds and looked really, really, really good towards the end of summer 2020, summer 2021, specifically talking about Niski here, like that guy was hard carrying fanatic. Jensen looked fantastic at Worlds. And then, I mean, players like Broxa, Sven Skarin, Wonder, and Mickey X, while they didn't have the best of years, they're all still great players with great history. Yeah, I, I think I might want to talk about this one next week or whenever we do our next episode, because again, some of these players could still sign. But if there's still a long list of players like this, I feel like it's something we definitely have to talk about next week. Or whenever, like I said, whenever our next episode is. But see, I uh, it, it is weird and definitely notable that there's that long of a list of like good players still available, and teams are supposedly finishing up their rosters without them. So that's the crazy stuff. Yeah, and I'll um, just quickly I'll quickly cite um in a, a tweet that Azale put out today, and I'll paraphrase here um, because mm -hmm. it's exactly what I've been thinking recently when when it comes to hearing all these big names not have a roster spot this late into free agency. I say late into free agency; it's only the start, but the rumors and whatnot. And you know, the whole contract situation with a lot of these lengthy contracts with you know expensive buyouts like we're sort of feeling the repercussions of that where a lot of these yeah. top teams are choosing to sign these players and then within half a split one split you know they end up replacing them with a different player and then they basically have to hand off these other top talents that they've paid top dollar to to the bottom feeders of the league or not even the bottom feeders just the middle teams who aren't necessarily willing to spend that money if they don't think it's as valuable for them so I completely 100% agree with Azale there that we are really feeling, you know, the effects of these huge contracts and huge buyouts that have basically happened within the last two years. And, you know, you can just go back to the numbers that have been thrown around with the perks signing, even the, the extension that Jensen signed not too long ago, where he was making like 1.2 mil a year or something like that. But it, it's just, it's crazy to see some of these guys not get on teams, presumably because of their buyout situation with their contracts. So one quick thing before we move on, I should have asked you this uh, before, but do you know like how the waiver system works in like traditional sports? Could there not be something like that for the LCS where like players can be waived so they're not stuck in this contract prison where like other teams have the option of picking them up or whatever? Is that something that could be applied here? Or does that just make no sense for that? I to guess. Happen? I mean, it could be, but then like the teams would presumably lose a lot of value because of how buyouts work. Like, and the same thing goes sure. with like sports teams. Like, you kind of when you're cutting a player and they go on waivers, like it's like you're cutting your losses because you don't want to pay for this player's right. salary because there's a salary cap. But when you have these teams that have so much money <laughs> at their disposal, like a C9, like a TL, like a TSM, like a 100 Thieves potentially they can afford to hang on to these players and say like, hey, like we'll so, just sell them once we get the offer. So here's what I guess what I, what I should be saying here is like, it seems like, and I don't know this for a fact, so don't take this for fact, but it seems like 
teams like TL, for example, with the Gen- we'll use the TL Jensen contract, for example. It seems like they don't have to pay him right now because he's not playing, or at least they don't have to pay the and full contract. Yeah, maybe it's some sort of reduced, so you know. That's what seems to be the problem is that they can hold on to these guys because they don't have to pay. But, like, if if they did have to pay the full salary, then there would probably be a waiver system where they could waive a player and that player could then be released if he's not getting paid. It seems like this might be another area where the LCSPA needs to step in and be like, these contracts are bullshit. We got too many players stuck in, in contract jail without teams. And these are players that obviously deserve to be on teams. Yeah, and I mean, the other the other thing to point to is like maybe the whole buyout rules need to be looked at because we heard yeah. earlier in the week of the situation with G2 and uh, Reckless yes. where you know G2 was trying to get Reckless on a different team doing whatever they could and we found out that they attempted to loan Reckless or they attempted to loan or was it loan him or yeah I think it was loan him yeah or, at a reduced rate or yeah something. at a reduced rate of his buyout which you know if you're Reckless is a good thing because it allows you to get on a starting spot on a different team and you know they pretty much just got denied by the LEC because the LEC stepped in and said, hey, you can't do that because of these rules. And, you know, that rule seems to be a little bit counterintuitive where, hey, this org is trying to work with this player to get them on a different team, but the rules say you can't do that. So maybe, like, that's a rule that kind of needs to be looked at. You know, it it does feel, though, like within esports and League of Legends specifically, free agency and contract stuff is very hard to look at from the outside in because we don't yeah. have all of this information. We right. don't know what the contracts look like. We don't know what the prices are, but it's, you know, it's it's a lot of money and when there's a lot of money being thrown around, it's hard for some of these these weaker or mid-tier teams to keep up. Yeah, and, and I don't want to come off as knowing like this is what they need to do and they need to fix this and they need to fix that because I I will have to admit there's a lot of ignorance from me here because I don't know how all of this works. But what I do know is something's broken here. Something ain't working, right? When you have this many star players not on teams, you know something's wrong here and that something needs to be done to fix it. Um, and, and clearly the, the leagues are looking into this stuff because as well, there was the uh, the perks thing. This real quick I need to talk about. The, the perks thing where like he didn't sign the part. Jacob Wolf came out and said oh, yeah, yeah. that perks didn't sign the part of the contract that said that Cloud9 couldn't send him to Fnatic. But but Cloud9 and G2 signed a thing saying that Cloud9 couldn't trade him to Fnatic. That, to me, is so whack that, like, something like that could exist without Perks even knowing about it. Now, maybe he did know about it, maybe he didn't. I, that I don't know. But I think that something sli- that, that feels slimy, does it not? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we've heard in the past quite a lot of stuff from like the c9 camp where they're trying yes. to skirt the rules a little bit and yeah yeah well it's de- i mean this maybe this assistance they went a little bit too far but well i would say they went too far both times they should have known last time that you couldn't give players equity and they did it anyways so uh, jack could be like oh i didn't know i bet you he knew man i bet you he knew but uh anyways hey, if you ain't cheating you ain't trying that's sh- the same yeah yeah jnt knows how much i hate cheating man he's gonna get me on a rant here about this cheating i'm I'm so sick of everyone cheating and thinking that like it's normal to try to cheat i'm so done with it anyways jnt's tilting me well you you win this one jnt i've just okay I've Let's just get on now, to the quick news, and then we got to get on to the arcane stuff. So let's Yeah, I, I've just realized I've had this graphic on the screen for way too long. Let me take that Whatever. away. Uh, quick news. Uh, only three things, because a lot of the stuff is free agency stuff. First up, uh, Niles, uh, he got he retired 
because he got engaged, presumably. Or he. I'll let you say anything if you have something on it first. If you don't got nothing, or what is it thing? If you don't got anything, wait. What's this? Oh my god! Anything I'm... good to say? Don't say it. If you, if you don't, don't got anything, anything bad to say, say, don't say it. Like, or if you only got something bad to say, don't say. It. What the fuck is this saying? I can't remember it. Let's move you on. You are struggling. It Niles, is, if you Niles... don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. There's something along those lines, anyway. Hey, what's in the past is in the past. Just say it. Say, oh. Just say it. You could say it. Okay. Niles had the worst LCS career of all time. Like That's what I was waiting for you to say. And not because I want to dogpile on Niles, but because I think you might be right, JNT. Dude, uh, he joined the, the league. Things... He joined yeah. the league, had the most deaths of like all time, basically, then publicly went out on Twitter to defend oh. himself, saying that he like don't like the stats don't tell the whole story when you were playing like dog shit. You're the worst player in the league. And then during the off season in spring to summer, publicly flamed Golden Guardian <laughs> saying like, meh, meh, meh. don't join a team because your roster spot's not guaranteed. And it's like, bro, if you play like that and then like flame the org publicly on Twitter, like, oh my God, cringe. I was even just baffled at the fact that Golden Guardians gave him the 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 nice send off the the wonderful tweet about like oh we're so glad I'm for you not. it's just like ah uh, like fuck you so okay so I think you're right I think that is probably the worst career maybe someone could help us out if we're forgetting like an absolutely nah. worse and disastrous career but played one split it was really really short and it was really really bad um, the only other one that I could is, think of I, is Piglet but still, Piglet had some good though. Didn't I know he? he did, but like just relative like, to what was expected. Any player, any player that had some good in this league automatically has a better career uh, than, I mean, than that's Niles. True. I would it's say. been all bad. But where where I think I differ from you is like I, I think Golden Guardians did the right thing in letting. Oh, they retire. did. You, Pub like the you public have to remember, and we all have to remember. You, me, our listeners, everyone in the community has to remember. He's still just a young kid. He doesn't really know what he's doing. Like. I, I'm sure he probably. Well, I don't know. I, I was gonna say he probably. He's like 23 or something, tweet. dog. Like he's older than a lot of the people in LCS. What did you say? I, I didn't he's, cut out. He's 23. He's older than like a oh. lot of people in LCS. I mean, I don't know. To me, 23 is not that old. I know. Well, I just like 24. Or I mean, shit, relative. But... I'm 22, dog. Whatever. You're fucking old. <clears throat> Aren't you turning? Isn't your birthday soon? I'm still 22. When's your birthday? It's in 11 days, or 12 Happy days, birthday. I guess. <laughs> okay. Hey. Anyways. Give me, me a skin, uh, like, bruv. I, I think if I were in the league right now, I would still make really stupid decisions. And so, rewind five years. I'm, I'm 28 now. Rewind five years. I would make, definitely, I would make more dumb decisions being in the league, being fresh. And just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very forgiving to new players that are in a new environment. And I obviously, you're going to make stupid, stupid mistakes. I think he made them. And that's that. So, um, I what disappoints me about the Niles thing is that like I feel like he could still have a, a redemption arc here. Like we said many times, he shouldn't have been promoted that quickly to the LCS, and it's like I feel like he was done dirty in a way. It's it's hard to say that he was done dirty when you get promoted to the LCS, but like we he was put in a situation where he was not ready for it yet, and then got absolutely dumped on. That's the end of his career. Um, of course, he could always unretire and he changes my blah blah blah. But as of right now, he had the worst career probably ever in the LCS, and for the time being, it looks like it's going to stay that way. Yeah. Um. So so much for the quick news. Um, I know. XD. Um. Yeah. Next up, the EDG team owner is apparently going to give 
a house to each of the EDG players who won Worlds. That's cool. I don't have, yeah, I don't have a long take on this. I just think that's awesome. Cool. They got you, like, they won Worlds. You deserve a house. You better get oh. them a nice house, not just a shack or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, next what up, else? this is kind of a weird one because this happened pretty much almost a week ago. But Riot's making a new game. Oh, wow. Poggers Epic. Um, It's called Hextech Mayhem, and it's like a rhythm game. Yeah. I like so rhythm games. Complete... I'm a big fan of rhythm games. Um, I, pl I play a lot of A Dance of Fire and Ice. It's a really good game on Steam. Go check it out. Go buy it. It's wow. a fun game. Here we go. He saw Faker play it one time and then yeah, thought yeah. I'm going to be Faker. Yeah. It's a sick game, dude. It's like cheap and it's fun. Um, But this game just looks weird. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a Riot game. I saw this shit and I was like, is this what Riot Forge has been doing? Like, is that... Because it is a Riot Forge <laughs> game, but it's like... It is. Is this the kind of game... That... I thought they were making like some really cool like 2D platformer type games. Not just like this... I mean, I don't know. So here's what I'll say. I thought that... I thought this game did look a little weird. I was like, this doesn't really look like anything that crazy. But I am too embarrassed to admit to what I actually thought it was, I'm not going to say. I won't. So wait, why, first, I, wait what was it? I no, know. I can't. I can't, dude. No, I just can't. say it. Just say it. <laughs> come on, no. dude. Just say it. Come on. Come on. <laughs> only... Uh, come on. I'm only going to say it because I know that people listening are like, ah, oh, damn, he's going to bring it up and not say it, and I shouldn't have brought it up. You know those games... <laughs> like, shit. You know those games where like you shoot the cat out of the cannon and like the kitty cannon game or whatever. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's Not what really. I thought it was. You don't know that it's like no. the cat keeps going further and it uh, people that uh, people can Google the game. It's like I thought you would know the game, but you see how far you can shoot the cat out of the cannon and it like oh keeps okay bouncing like, on okay stuff. yeah yeah that's. That's what I thought it was. And so I was like, that's weird that Riot, <laughs> that, Riot, that Riot would come out with something like that. I was like, that's really weird. And then I found out later, oh, it's a rhythm game. Yeah. Um, I, and same like I, same goes for me. Like I didn't know what the hell I was looking at until they said in the video, yeah. like, it's a rhythm game. It's like, oh, okay, that was weird. Yeah, so I should be clear that that was before, like, I, I saw, like, a two-second clip of it, and that's why I thought that. I didn't watch the whole video and then go, oh, the kitty cannon thing. That's not what happened. I just watched two seconds of it, and I saw, like, yeah, it bouncing on stuff kind of thing. And so, the, yeah, that's why I thought that. But anyways, once I realized that it was a rhythm game, I was like, oh, that's embarrassing that I thought it was this stupid cat thing. Okay. <sighs> Arcane Act 2. Arcane. Morning. Spoilers ahead. Yes, this is the part of the show where we will talk about spoilers, and so you have been warned. Yep. So I don't want to see any comments about anything. And we've given like 5-10 seconds now of saying warning and spoiler and stuff. People have had time to pause, so let's get into it. Act 1 or Act 2, JNT? Which one did you like more? It's hard, because I would say that I thought that there was more, like, there was more meat in the in act one but i think that's mm -hmm. like also because like they had to do a lot in terms of setting up the story but i dude like the whole like what went on in act two was super interesting but like i don't know i yeah. guess i guess i have to say act two because i thought it was more interesting even though i thought act one had more going on but i liked that's act a, two that's a very good. good way of putting it so i've heard pretty much everyone that i've heard talk about it i i think most people have said they liked act one more but i'm kind of with you like i really liked both of them 
Um, even though I would agree with you that it seemed like Act One more things happened, it does seem like they have such a small window to fit yeah, like, so much into it, though. Like when we only I got three episodes left. How are they going to fix this? I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like it, it's, I was like a thinking coming into this, like, wow, we're going to get a lot of stuff that's going to happen in this one season. But now it just feels like this is going to be like a three or four season type thing, which what one is exciting, yeah, fine, but two is disappointing because it kind of means it's going. This is like a five, six year kind of project. Like, well, I so... need some resolution now. What I wish they would do, and I'm not expecting this to happen at all, but I wish they would be like, surprise, our last, like, episode dump is actually six episodes. I mean, like, that would yeah! be good. That would be that good. That would be pog. Um, but I don't think they're good. I mean, that would be sweet, though. Um, uh, what about the idea, though, J&T, that, like, this is the end of the Arcane story, and then season two is not even this, but, like, it's, like, Noxus and Demacia or whatever, and, excuse me, any of the other stories. Like to, and then eventually you have like a final season, whether it's like seven or eight, that brings all of these different stories from all of these different cities and towns and stuff together. What about that? That would be cool. However, I, I do think that I would be more a fan of like them following this one specific branch and then within each season branching off to like, oh, this season, like they're doing stuff in Nox, like in, was it called Noxia yeah. or just Noxus? And then, Noxus. oh, in this season, they're at like, whatever, what the fuck's the desert called? Like with Nasus and Skarner and Renekton Shirima? and that, like, yeah, they're in Sharima. And then, like, yeah, I, I would kind of be more of a fan of like, follow one central storyline and then branch off into all the different worlds within that specific season. I think the idea of, that I was just saying about doing... This is the arcane story that's got Jinx and Vi and Jason, Victor, blah, blah, blah. And then doing a whole separate story in Sharima, for example. I think I would be down for that. But the, the reason why I don't think I want them to do it is because it doesn't seem like we got enough out of Jinx 5. Victor, yeah, no, Jason, I agree. That. Like, like, that's the only issue that I have. If they did, like, two seasons of this and then two seasons of something else, I'd be okay with that. But I, I'm not... I'm not, like, three episodes, that's it? I'm not ready to be done with Jinx and Vi and, and Heimerdinger and... And Victor, like, the story's getting good, man. Like, this stuff is freaking awesome. Um, I want to ask you, though, out of Act 2, has your opinion changed on your favorite character? No, I think I'm still sticking with Jace. Um, mm. Everyone's all mad at Jace because he kicked yeah. out Heimer and he... I mean, I'm not <laughs> a lore guy. I'm not a lore guy, but apparently he's supposed to, like, be teaming up with Victor, but then he was fucking the councilwoman. So, yeah, so uh, I'm not mad at Victor, or excuse me, I'm not mad at Jace, like, I'm angry, I hate that they went the story this way, but I'm mad at him because I like Heimerdinger. Yeah. So it's not like I hold a grudge, but it's like, oh, poor Heimerdinger. I'm always interested in, like, the characters that are on the good side of things, but have, like, that evil, you know, twisted, villainous aspect of them. I'm going to go on a like random... A perfect good guy, you're saying? Yeah, I'm going to go on a random tangent here, just because I think this is like a this is an analogy that I think fits very well. Okay, I recently, I recently within the last couple months, started watching Lost. And my favorite... Okay, I don't, I don't know if you've me. seen that. Okay, sick. Okay, but my favorite character in that show is Sawyer, who's like, the, he's in the good guy group, but he's the evil guy. And I like, I like that. Like, I think that's a really cool character. And I like how that dynamic plays out within the group of good people. And I think Jace is like that guy. Like, he was, he's, he was built up as this, like, he's the future of built over. Like, he's the golden boy. And then when he got that glimpse of power, when he was able to join the council, when he, like, had control of, like, um, 
the speech at the beginning of the act where he was going to reveal like the Hextech gemstone and they were going to go like all bestium chloride mode with like, oh, weapons, devices, improving quality of life. And then like he took control and obviously has made some mistakes along the way with kicking Heimer off the council, which he at the time thought was a good idea. But like evidently like it's going to shit and, you know, he's probably going to face some of the consequences of his action in act three. But I think that shit's really interesting. Yeah, so I haven't ever seen the show Lost. So when I said you lost me, that was pun intended, but you actually, like, I don't, yeah, sure. Um, but I, I get where you're coming from, that, like, you don't want the good guys to be perfect. Like, sometimes that's yeah. just no fun, you know? Like, everyone's flawed, so why can't good guys be flawed as well? For me, my favorite character is actually Jinx now. Um, don't get me wrong, Heimerdinger can easily redeem uh, himself in the next act, because I'm still a big-time Heimer fan. But I think, like, the crazy Jinx that we're starting to see... It's a little bit scary, and I well, like that's it. not that's not I, the I crazy jinx. That's just jinx. Well, sure, sure, okay, okay. But I guess what I'm saying is, in Act One, Powder was not the crazy jinx that we know now. You you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Powder um, is Powder, and Jinx is Jinx. Yes, yes, they are definitely different characters. And I guess even though I like Powder was the heartstrings, you know, they pulled on the heartstrings with Powder in Act One. I like the change to Jinx. Like I I like that crazy kind of character. Actually, last week I mentioned how. I really like the Joker. The bad guys are always the ones that are really interesting to me. Well, Jinx is like this kind of pseudo bad guy because she's obviously doing bad shit. She's killing people and stuff like that. And just the craziness is really like wacky. Like, I love that scene where Silco says, do you know what you've done? You killed six people. And she goes, uh, yeah. Like, that to me is like, I like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's one of the things that I really liked about Act 2. And I still have not put my finger on whether I like Act 1 or Act 2 more because I think they're both great. Um, I, I definitely but, liked the the like the jinx like kind of talking to herself in her head when yeah. she had finally saw Vi and then Caitlin pops out and she's like you're with them and it's like oh shit like then she's having this like the the conversations with the voices in her head I thought that was cool um yeah yeah so there's uh, still some things that disappointed me though um obviously things that and I kind of have an impressed list and a disappointed list so let's just get into that stuff. Some of the stuff that, even though I said I loved Act 2, there were some things that, um, I, I guess some, like, logical things that stood out. Um, so one of them is, like, when Jace and Victor do their little presentation to Heimer, like, they're like, look, we discovered this, and he shows them all the weapons, and then Heimer's just like, oh, cool. Well, in 10 years, you could show it to people. Like, if it's, like, supposed to be as groundbreaking as it's supposed to be, I thought Heimer would be a little bit more excited, but he was just like, yeah, you'll work out the kinks over the next decade or so, and then you will be able to present it. And I was like, even if you thought that that was right to wait 10 years to, to work out the kinks and whatnot, shouldn't you still be hella like gung ho? Like, this is freaking awesome. He didn't seem. Well, I, I don't I know. Guess I guess he's 300 years old. He's seen some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I think. The point of that is, like, Heimer is, like, a very wise and old guy who's seen a lot of stuff in the past, specifically with the Rune Wars, and he can understand when, when technology and innovation like this, um, you know, kind of gets expedited and is introduced too quickly, he's seen what happens when that is. And I also so think... Well, let, let me, me clarify, finish. though. Let me clarify, because okay. I, 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 still, I still think, like, I don't think it's wrong to be like, oh, you should wait to tinker around with this stuff and make sure... That, that, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think it's wrong to do that. But I thought he would still be more excited about it, is what I expected. Because yeah. I didn't seem all that impressed. Yeah, I so guess I that's like, oh. true. I guess that, that, that is kind of true. But the other thing that I was going to say is I also think it kind of shows, like, the dynamic of, like, Heimer, this old, experienced, wise guy, versus, like, Jason Victor, who are these two, like, young guns who are, like, 
they're very much in the now in terms of like innovating and, and trying to progress as far as they possibly can. And it kind of just shows the balance of there's these young guys who are trying to create stuff and, and just get it into get it into the world as soon as possible compared to Heimer, who clearly is this like experienced, more methodical type guy. Yeah, yeah. And one of the other things that disappointed me a little bit was like when they have the council meeting and Jace is like, it was my responsibility that we lost the hex core and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, uh, but also who's in favor of voting out Heimerdinger? I was like, wait, 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 wait a second here. You were just talking about how it was your responsibility for the hex core. And I get, I still get why they voted out Heimerdinger because he's like, you know, everyone, all the people are like, we need to move things along here. We don't yeah, and all he's wheeling and, and dealing on the so, side you know, in the, in the music like, theater. Yeah. So, so that, that is like a little bit like, huh? Like Jace is like, this is my responsibility, but also let's vote on Heimerdinger. And everyone's like, yep, because they talked with Jace at that theater thing. And I was like, wow, that like, that's that simple. He just got all of them on his side just like that. And they just voted out Heimerdinger just like that. That was like, hmm, I don't know if I'd buy that. Um, I, I, I do see the reasonings. I just I guess I don't necessarily uh, think that that's enough to warrant the vote out, I suppose. But anyway. Want to talk about stuff that you did like? Yeah, I thought Caitlyn was a really good character. I thought yes, me too. she was going to be a pretty inconsequential person in the whole storyline based off of Act 1. Um, and I know in the teaser for Act 2, it was like her that kind of came up to Vi in the prison and showed her the, those pictures of, yeah. of the Jinx um, imagery and drawings and whatnot at crime scenes. But uh, I thought her character was great. Um, yeah, me too. It always feels like when you do have that character who kind of like is like in some sort of law enforcement and then kind of like deviates from the norm they kind of end up being like this idiotic type they're either the hero or this like very idiotic character who just does a bunch of stupid stuff that screws up everything else and i was like oh okay this it's gonna be the fucking dumb bitch who just starts messing up stuff <laughs> but then she was like kind of beasting out so yeah i liked it yeah I, I I said this last episode, and I think it was very true. I enjoy the finesse side with Caitlyn, with the, the sniping. Oh, yeah. And the yeah with it's cool. I, I like that dynamic. I think that's really good. And the other thing that I really liked is they gave, like, a sneak preview to when, uh, like, when we were talking about the presentation that Victor and Jace gave to Heimer of the weapons working with, like, the claw and, like, the, the gauntlet glove that we think is, well, we know is going to be Vi's eventually. Well, we know the claw, was, the claw was Victor's laser. You, right yeah, yeah 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 so like that is like oh shit we're starting to see like the in-game abilities from league mm -hmm. of legends so that i really liked i can't wait to see more of that in act three which we're definitely getting some and then some little easter eggs i really liked um that was another thing that was uh my pop-off if you will because we didn't do pop-off bean soup this week i gave that my little pop-off where like you have jinx playing the the get jinx music like i was like oh, i like that even though that breaks the fourth wall kind of thing i was like who cares everyone loves that song it's so good um it's just it is very jinx obviously so i like that um then there's uh vi calling caitlin a cupcake and i was like yeah ah, that was funny the, the trap yeah. like she puts the cupcake um what else um there was other ones there was like I thought we saw Beatrice. So I, I was watching this with Andrew. Who's Beatrice? And we we see Beatrice, like the, the raven, the bird show up. Like oh, Swain's oh, bird. Yes, yes, I yes. thought it was Beatrice. And then Jinx just shoots the bird. I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't Beatrice then. It just shoots. But then we do see another raven later. Um, still don't know if it's Beatrice, but it could be. And then the other thing that I really like is the Poro. I like the little Poro. Yeah, that was cute. cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so just those little things I, I really, really like. Um mm -hmm. 
lots lots of cool stuff there. Oh, one last Easter egg. Um, when Jinx is doing like the boxing machine that Vi normally does, she gets like the second high score. I noticed that her high score said Pow and not Jinx. I did so see that wonder, as well. I wonder if Jinx thinks of herself still as Powder or if like I don't know if the machine does it itself or I don't know how that works. But I was like, oh. Maybe that means Jinx still sees herself as powder. Even There's still some saying, good in her. Even though she keeps saying, no, it's Jinx now. It's like, mm, is it though? Is it? Maybe. We'll I, didn't, I, I didn't think about it like that. I, I was kind of on the same. I was on the side, which you kind of alluded to, like, oh, it just recognized that it was this person. But maybe that is like a bit of like, yeah, oh, there might you, be some You wonder, right? Her. If in her mind, she's still like, no, I'm still powder. I'm putting on this, this, uh, this mask, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. So I that's I really like that too, and I was like, that's a cool little Easter egg there that it said "pow" on the score instead of "jinx." Uh, okay. I wanted to ask your opinion on the Imagine Dragons thing. A lot of people didn't really like it. A lot of people really liked it. Me, I didn't really care. I was like, whatever. What do you think? Yeah, I didn't care. The one thing that um, I watched uh, Travis and Mark Z's review on Arcane that they came out after Act One. And the one okay. negative that Mark really discussed and said, like, this is the only thing that I really didn't like about Arcane, and I actually agree with him after thinking about it and after watching Act Two specifically, is the music just feels kind of off. Like the music really? that they knew that they use is very like new age heavy vocal type stuff that is very like 2021, and I don't think it like really takes away any of the value of Arcane, but I just think that the music could be better. Um, I like the music, honestly, so that surprises me that well, you I, and Mark are both said that, because one of the things when watching it, I kept thinking, like, I love the music in this show, so that's interesting that well, we I, have different opinions. I mean, it's, it's more the music when they have the vocals and whatnot in that. Like, I, I really, like, Mark also said this, the intro song is fantastic. I love that as well, and even when the Imagine Dragons thing came out, like, I really like the intro song, so I didn't mind that at all. Like, I thought it was good, but it just feels like the other music is, like, a little bit out of place. But it the, doesn't the one, for for me. It doesn't detract the value at all. Like this show is great. So a lot of people didn't like the the Imagine Dragons thing because they say it broke the fourth wall and like uh, like the Jinx thing obviously did that too. But like that didn't bother me. I didn't think it bothered me with the Imagine Dragons one either because yes, it does break the fourth wall so to speak. But like immediately a fight scene happens right after and Vi like knees whatever that woman's face you know whatever her name is yeah she yeah just knees the, her in the face and so like her name but yeah. Yeah, even though, like, it broke the fourth wall, it immediately brought me, like, back into the show with, like, that fight scene just breaking out. So it, it didn't bother me whatsoever. Is her name Shauna or something? Pardon me? Is her name Shauna or something? Maybe I'm just I'm totally no. wrong about this, but... It's not Shauna. Oh, God, I, 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 I know her name, but I'm blanking. She's just a mechanical arm chick. Yeah, yeah. With the purple juice. Um... Is there anything else? Okay, yeah, a couple of things still. So uh, I wanted to ask if it bothered you at all about how episode six ended, very similar to how episode three ended, whereas like Vi just gets kidnapped again, and mm -hmm. that's kind of what happened at the end of episode three. Do you think that is a like, damn, they came up with the same thing twice, or do you think they're like, um, that's like one of the stories they're trying to hit hard that like, no matter how much Vi tries to get back with Jinx, something keeps pulling them apart. Do you think, like, that's a good representation of one of their struggles, or do you think it's, like, this is just unoriginal? I didn't, like, I hadn't even thought about that at all until you mentioned it, so I don't think I can really say that it bothered me. I mean, oh. I don't think it was, I was like, I wasn't like, oh my god, fantastic cliffhanger, I can't wait to watch more, because, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just 
because the show is so good, I just want to watch more. But I just yeah. hadn't really thought of it, so I, I can't really say that it bothered me. Yeah, and I, I keep wondering this, if, like, I'm missing a lot of things that I would normally not like in a show because I'm in just such awe. Because, like, I, I've been waiting for, like, good league lore for God knows how long, other than, like, like to me, it, it's a little interesting to go and just read up on some of their bios online, but, like, to see actually, like, a full-out story that's got, like, good, well, in my opinion, good music, good, uh, like, really nice animation and all that stuff. Maybe I'm just in such awe that I'm, like, missing some of the bad stuff. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I I didn't that didn't really bother me either. I was more on the side of the like yes, both episode three and six end in a similar way. But to me, that I was like, that's just one of their struggles is that they're trying to get back together and something just keeps getting in their way. So I don't mind that uh, that it was kind of ending the same. What I will say though is last episode of our podcast, I said that like that Marcus cop could have a redemption arc because it looked like he was maybe trying to save Vi from Silco. And we learned that that was not the case at all. Because <laughs> Silco, when he's playing with Marcus's like little girl, when they're playing with the blocks or whatever, he basically said, your dad assured me that Vi was gone with Vander, basically saying that like she's gonzo. And uh, well, that clearly was his intention and not just to save her. Yeah. Uh, so we learned what his true intentions are, and he's quite corrupt by the looks. He's of he's gonna die. That's just a character who dies. Like, okay, you heard it here first. JNT he thinks Marcus is dying. Maybe he could. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I want to talk about any speculation or predictions you may have, JNT. Was there anything of that sort? Yeah, that, uh, there was. There was one like. I, I didn't watch Arcane, like, it came out at, like, midnight on the West Coast on Friday, like, basically right as Friday was turning into Saturday, and I didn't, like, stay up that night and watch it. I waited until Saturday night to watch it, so I was actively avoiding, like, Twitter and Reddit to read any anything about Arcane, so I didn't want any spoilers, and after watching, I was like, hmm, I was like, where's Echo? Like, wasn't that guy supposed to kind of come back, potentially? And then I was, like, kind of racking my brain about it, like, hmm... Maybe he's that like he's like that firelight guy, like the leader of the firelights. So, and then uh, I read a bunch of spoilers and stuff, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's so obvious that Echo is like the leader of the firelights." I was like, "Oh man, like dang." Yeah, by the sounds of things. Well, the, the the only thing for me, so I heard that spoiler as well, um, which to me is fine. It's the a only spoiler. Is, it's not just speculation. It sound well. It sounds like people are pretty certain that Echo is the leader of the firelights. Mm -hmm. Um. The one thing that I will say is I, I want an explanation as to why he's fighting Vi and Jinx without saying anything, because he should know them based yeah. off Act 1. Like, he should know who these people are. Like, you wouldn't just fight them and not say anything. There has to be something that happened in that, like, I don't know if it's a two-year window, a five-year window, a ten-year window, whatever it is, but we know that there's a window because Jinx was a little girl and now she's, like, more grown up. We it's got to be like 10 years passed. or something. Yeah, we, we we don't know what the time is, but we know time has passed. And so something would have happened where Echo suddenly wouldn't want to be like, hey, Vi and Jinx, let's not fight each other because we're on the same side. Something changed. And we'll have to, yeah. well, hopefully we get to find out what that is. Yeah. And then speaking of the <clears throat> firelights, like one of the same posts I was reading about that was like someone else was kind of speculating that 
the Hextech lab assistant, like one of the assistants to Jace and Victor, is also one of the members of the Firelights. And it was kind of like a pretty weak, like, mm. speculation. But he was just saying how, like, the characters look in their hair and stuff like that. And, like, the one one of the Firelights was wearing a mask and had similar hair. So I was like, hmm, that might be interesting if, like, she's kind of playing both sides or something. But so maybe she's just, like, a super irrelevant character and that character has nothing to do with anything. But I was like, oh, maybe that's interesting. I... I... I'm actually so never mind, I, I hate to do this, but I'm actually not gonna talk about this one spoiler because to me I, I heard this one spoiler that I thought like oh well, I, I wanna know what it found is. That one out. I, I'll tell you maybe off stream. I don't want to ruin it for people. Okay. Uh, we'll talk is it about actually it a spoiler or is it just like I a... think I think it is. I think Okay, it don't is. tell me then. Yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's good to share actually. So I, I'm sorry because I, I was gonna bring it up You've been and I'm sorry to do that guys, but I don't yeah, I don't wanna do that because I heard this spoiler and I was like, damn I think that would have been pretty cool if I found that out on my own, so I'm not going to do that. Um, uh, what else? Okay, last thing. This is a totally like weird thing, but I think there's a potential here for a little um, another uh, Easter egg. But I, when I heard Jinx talking to Silco about the Doctor or whatever, in relation to Singed, I believe she's Yeah, no, he got Singed. a little cameo at the end. Singed did. Huh? Yeah, Singed yeah. got like the little... But... But the, the Easter egg that I'm looking for is in League of Legends, one of Jinx's lines is, I'm crazy, I've got a doctor's note. I hope she gets a doctor's note from Singed. I think that would be really cute. If like, Singed actually somehow gave her a doctor's note saying, you're crazy. Top tier um, flavor right there. If she starts to get like too crazy and Silco's like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, I'm going to, maybe Singed knows what to do with her. And he's just like, she's crazy and gives her a doctor's note. I think that would be really, really funny. Um, and a nice little Easter egg there, but I'm, I'm not counting on it, though, because I think it would be a little bit, uh, mm. I don't know, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Well, maybe it does, I don't know. But that's all I got on the show. I guess it, the short of it is, I love it, still. Uh, can't wait for the next three episodes, and uh, we'll probably talk more about them next week. Do you have anything to add on it, j and I'm just, I'm just hoping that there's not going to be like some absurdly long break between season one and season two, whatever season two may be, whether it's yeah. the same story, whether it's a different story. Because I do know that like a lot of these anime projects, when they are working season by season, there can be quite a big gap in between. But considering Riot said they've been working on the show for the better part of like seven, eight years, I would hope that stuff is a little bit further into the work so that we won't be waiting a year to two years plus. I hope so too. A man can so hope. Too. Yeah. Oh, one last thing I forgot to add. Sorry. Uh, at the end, in that one fight scene at the end of episode six, there's one guy with like claws and stuff like that. It looks pretty Warwicky. Not gonna lie. Um, I don't know if that's Warwick or not, but it definitely had claws. I went back well, to look at it. Warwick's a dog. Like, he's not a guy. Like huh? Warwick's a dog. He's not a guy. Well, he's a human that like ends up being like. Um, is that what the lore experimented is? Experimented on. I'm pretty sure. Sin Singe does a bunch of shit to what I thought was a person. Oh, it's not. A, um, he doesn't experiment Singed on the makes dog. Makes Warwick. I don't think so. I thought he. I thought he starts out as a dog and just turns into. Well, uh, I mean, he's a werewolf. The the story about. Oh, is that what it is? is that they they turn in. Well, I thought he was. I thought he was just a little dog or something. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what you get when you have two idiots that don't know the lore very much, and we just get so much thrown at us, and this we is, don't really uh, dude, know what to do with it. I'm seeing this as a benefit, because like, I'm just getting hit with oh, stuff for the first time. It's me cool. Too. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I'm glad to be the idiot here, but I mean, this is what happens when you like we don't know the lore very well. We're just like yeah. thrown all this awesome content, and we just, I don't know, I'm too excited that I need to talk about it. Um, 
but yeah don't don't assume we're experts on this we're just giving our reactions because it's a fun show it's fun um but anyways gone on for long enough it's been quite the long episode i think yeah in in, in classic Um, fashion we're about at the two hour mark yeah, that's, we, we're trying to make these episodes shorter, guys. We're just not very it's, good at it's, doing it. The funny thing is, is I feel like once we started actively saying, like, hey, we should try to shorten our episodes, like, they've just become longer. Like, longer like, and longer. Like, we started out around, like, the hour 15 to hour and a half mark, and we've just been on the up and up. Okay, I'm going to let people know that our next episode, we actually don't know when it's going to be. We're going to plan for next week at the normal time after Hotline League, but... If there's not a lot of free agency stuff that is like wrapped up and there's still too much unknown, there's a chance we wait for another week. Well, maybe. But we'll... what we're fairly certain of is that next episode is going to be our last episode of the year, right? Is that safe to say, JNT? Well, I was going to say, I think we should just do it next week, same time, regardless, just because of Arcane, but. Mm, yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to think about it. JNT and I will talk about it, but if if it is delayed, we will we'll tweet and let you guys know. Um, but again, thanks guys for keep coming back. Uh, we love you guys. Don't forget to subscribe if you have not on YouTube. It is free. And for those that are unaware, we uh, we do this on Spotify and, and uh, Apple Podcasts as well. So you can find us on any anchor supported platforms. Um, All of them. Yeah, we'll hopefully see you guys next week. And, and one last thing is we still need feedback from you guys. I don't care if you DM me in Discord, if you join the Discord and say it in there or whatever. We, we need some feedback because uh, we don't really get a lot of feedback anymore, honestly. As long yeah. as you guys are, are cool about it, we will take that feedback and we'll try to run with it and learn a thing or two. But that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, thanks again. We'll see you guys next week, hopefully. This has been episode 66 of the Clown Fiesta podcast. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.